Okay, so can you tell us like what happened with like you called that guy out on it was it on Facebook that came up to your gym? I I didn't call him out at all. So I think it was the other way around, right? The guy yeah, was talking shit. He He's was like, talking shit on Facebook. He had a Patreon. He had this whole thing set up um, where he was teaching his style of Aikido. Isn't that like Steven Seagal type shit, right? Yeah, I, it, something like that. Yeah. Which I know Aikido people that are very capable. I've got I've got Aikido students like an Aikido black belt that actually comes to my school and trains with me during the day. Um, and it was somebody that this guy said that he was affiliated with and turns out it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people, martial arts is like a religion. You know, they get they get to where they, they've got to see the light. And once they've seen the light, it's really hard to direct them from that light. You know what I mean? And, and people are easily brainwashed when it comes to martial arts and stuff because they, they want to feel safe. And they're like, oh, I can turn the wrist like this. And, oh, yeah, that did hurt. Oh, so it's that easy. And it's like, eh, it is, but it's not. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of variables. Well, what if they're not holding their arm just like that? What if I need to twist it back the other way? Because there's no... There's no defense to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you're practicing stuff, when you're doing that, you know, that's, and it's a hard thing to even get through in jujitsu because a lot of guys will be like, well, why isn't my arm bar working? I'm like, well, cause he's pulling up. So you got to adjust this way. It's like, it's not ever going to be perfect. There's like 17 steps to a perfect arm bar. Yeah. Right. You need about four of those to finish it in any given situation, you know, but it's how you get, you got to get like the main two out of there. You might need those four, but how you get to those other 17 little things that you do is how you're going to finish the arm bar. But okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, I don't know. Like what you guys do, like in the jujitsu and all that stuff, like it's just, it just seems so hard to learn. Like, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you even start getting into that? I got beat up a lot. Um, no, I, uh, MMA, when I started MMA, I, uh, it was 2002. It was tournament style. It was just get in there and fight. It was called NHB at the time because um, it had been outlawed as human cockfighting, you know, at the back at that time. But we was I live in out Colorado, and I was going and doing uh, these shows, and I was getting beat by these jujitsu guys. Like first fight I ever did, um, went down to a show, got choked out in twenty eight seconds. Didn't even know what happened after I hit the guy, and I was like, man, what is this kryptonite? So the promoter's like, man, uh, why don't you come down to the gym and we'll show you a few things. And it was a V Earns Jiu Jitsu. It was a Japanese style of Jiu Jitsu at the time. It was what uh, Ken Shamrock had done when he fought Hoist the second time. Like when he went back and tried to revamp and then he went to that, that stalemate with him or whatever, is what he used or what he went and studied at the time. So then I kind of fell in love with it. A little bit because I found out fighting on the ground's a lot easier than fighting standing up because they got less chance to hit you and knock you out. So, and I was a big Tito Ortiz fan, so I I picked up a little bit of wrestling and stuff like that. Um, and that yeah, back at that time I was probably fighting like three or four times a week, like doing shows. We'd go and set up a ring inside of a nightclub and do like these boxing smokers, and uh. The deal was, is like, if you could knock me out or make me say I quit, we paid your bar tab for the night. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I was, I would fight like five or six times a night. 
And I mean, we use like 18 ounce gloves and stuff like that. So it wasn't like just completely like bare knuckle yeah. or anything, but we, uh, and it would be boxing, kickboxing, or you could do a grappling. And that's how I trained. And then we'd find these fights, like these promoters that would do these like actual tournament fights. And then you'd go and do those. So, but I was getting paid to fight. I made a lot more money as an amateur than I ever did as a pro. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't regulated back then. You yeah. know, it was a lot more underground. Yeah, because I remember here, I remember Jeff Mullins used to do, it was like shoot boxing. Right. Because uh, my buddy Jason, you know Jason Turnage? Yeah. No That's how I actually got into MMA was because of him. Because we worked at Best Buy together. And then he was really big into jujitsu. And then he got me going to, and I went for a, a good bit, and then it fucked my back up, man. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's rough, man. I mean, all my joints are fucked. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't take – I've always played hard and didn't wait to recover like yeah. I should. Got up off the bench when, when I shouldn't. But, uh, like, shoulders are fucked, back's fucked. Uh, mind is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine, like, you know, what all the fighting you've done and what he's done, like – it's got it, you know. It's gonna catch. I would think it catches up. And like, if your body hurts, like, do you think you think if you got in a really bad fight right now, how long do you think it's gonna take you to recover? Um, it would depend on how good the other fighter is. Like, if he's probably a trained fighter and stuff, like, and we had to go to war, like some of these guys. I mean, it's just like looking at UFC guys. Yeah, you know. Once they fight, generally they're out for a while because they've broken bones in their foot, broken their hands, broken. You know, chips on their elbows or, you know, got to go get some some grinding done or something like that. You know, so, man, it just depends on how the fight went. You know, that's why I only fought one round when I fought. <laughs> you, know, I was, yeah. you know, I was a different type of fighter. And people didn't know as much about fighting back then than what, you know, a tough guy could make it back then with a little bit of knowledge. And And I was really a tough guy. Like when I was younger, I put my head down. I didn't mind taking a punch to give a punch. Um, but then when I got older, I, those punches started affecting me more. So I started taking more people down and I found, got better at jujitsu. And I found out that like once I punch people, they give me a submission. And so, I mean, that's how I look to finish most of my fights. I try to be safe in the fight because I don't like to get hit. You know, I don't like damage. Yeah, to be honest with you. I don't know who who would want to fuck with you because your ears are the ears that you don't want to fuck with that person ears. I, you know, I it's kept me out of a lot of fights, especially at 152 and stuff. When yeah. I'd be down there at the door and be working and stuff, somebody'd be mad, couldn't get in. I've had I'd, I've actually had people see my ears and be like, tell the buddies like, nah, he fights. <laughs> yeah, what is that called? Like, call call, 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 yeah, yeah call like dude, like it, it. I saw a meme about this. If the guy's ear looks the way yours. Just, just keep on going, bro. Just, keep on, <laughs> just stop talking. Keep on going because you're gonna get fucked up. Right, right. But yeah, that's that's great. So, how long did you work at One Five Two? Um, let's see. It's I think I did about a eight year spread there. Total, I came in at uh, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Like right whenever the shadows first opened, I mm -hmm. get my ears mixed up. Been punching the head a lot. Smoke a little bit of weed, so <laughs> you know that, those things affect your brain, and your memory. But uh, I want to say it's two thousand seven, two thousand eight, because I just moved down here. I was going to take, I was working for the Pony up in Missouri. Was going to take a job down here, but they uh, they didn't have any space available for me for the kind of money I needed to live in Memphis, at, or to live in a good part of Memphis. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I had a wife at the time. And uh, she had been to Memphis before because I actually needed to figure out where I was going to move because training had got stale up in Missouri. But I was working at the Pony, and she had she had lived in Memphis before, so I was like, it was, we was either going to move to Memphis or St. Louis because I needed to be close because my dad stays in bad health and stuff. So I always wanted to be close enough proximity where I could rush home if yeah. I needed to. So we ended up choosing Memphis, um, moved down here, went to the Pony to go get my job, and they didn't have anything available for me. So I walked to Bill Street. I didn't walk, but I went to Bill Street, and then I walked up and down Bill Street because that was the where the clubs were and where everything was going on. And I'd worked in Vegas before in the nightclubs, and I'd done all the nightclubs. And uh, I, I saw 152. It was I went to all, I went there and then there was Red Rooster at the time mm-hmm. and they were both kind of popping. Those were the two main bars that was really busy there. That well, I was out there that night and I uh, and I actually thought Red Rooster might would be a better bar at the time because I didn't go upstairs to the third floor of one five two. I was just kind of like looking at the building, walked on the first floor, and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is interesting. You know, I never made it up to the third floor for the first night, but I went over Red Rooster and I almost. Put in my application there, but they didn't have no air conditioning. Oh. Their air conditioning was out. There is nothing worse in this city than the air conditioning going out in the middle of summer yeah. in Memphis. It is so unbearable. Well, it's a good thing that you went to 152 and got the job there instead because right. of the air conditioning issue at Red Rooster. Because when you saw what they were going to offer you to work as a bouncer or a doorman, at Red Rooster, you probably would have smacked, gone to jail after you beat them up. Right, right, right. Dude, them motherfuckers got a hold of me somehow, and they were like, hey, we want you to come and apply and run our door. We've heard, you know, we've heard your name. I was like, okay, I'll come down there and talk to you guys. Whatever. I can't lose from talking to y'all. Yeah. So I went down there and talked to them, and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I think I'll do this. I'll, I'll tell my boss. I think it was at Highland Q. I was like, I'll tell Curly that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to leave, you know, and... I should be able to start this Friday, no problem. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, by the way, what what is the night nightly take? Like, what do you know? Is it just a nightly hour or hourly or what? They're like, oh, it's uh, uh it's nine twenty five an hour. And I was like, plus like tips or something yeah, or yeah, like door God. tips or whatever or me and the girl at the door split the tips right. like no 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 she keeps that you make night i was like oh no no baby you can keep this job yeah, I'm, no, I'm, no thank you yeah okay. i was like 925 for fucking beat it back. like no way bro like and and they're okay and then they're gonna be like well why don't you come in at 10 tonight because it's kind of slow you know what i mean exactly like, you're supposed to be there at six i'm like you're cutting four hours on my job can like, you ima- yeah can you imagine like in the wintertime, exactly. You'd start yeah. at 11, and then it cut you at 2. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, man, it cost me money to be here. Yeah, you know it's what like, I mean? like... I'm not making enough, especially if gas prices are the way they are now. Well, but they're down now, but... Yeah, they're... They, I filled up gas at the Exxon on Georgia Parkway yesterday, and it was 2.51 a gallon. Yeah, I think I did uh, 2.61 this morning at Kroger. See, that's not... Oh, is that low now? Yeah, it's yeah. gotten really low. So let me ask you this. Do you think that stuff is going to go back down like gallon, of, not, not a gallon of eggs, but a gallon of milk and eggs and shit like that? No. I so, mean, it, I think it's just how the world works. I think they skyrocket it and then bring it down to like, you know, 50 cents higher than what it was before. You know what I mean? So they, they mark it up to $2, $2 higher, 
bring it down to where it was only 50 cents higher and you think you're getting a deal now. You know, mm. I mean, I mean, as long as people are going to pay it when it's high and you need it. Yeah. yeah. You like, got to, why people, would they lower it? You got to have it. So like I, I went to Kroger on Friday after the gym and like, you know, I'm buying stuff and I'm like, damn, this is going to be like two, $300. And as I was looking at stuff, I'm like, how the fuck do people with a family afford this? Like, you know, it's just me, you yeah. know, buying for myself. And like, you got people making whatever they make, you know, I'm sure they're really good with money, but like, you got to think like, if they're only making say a thousand bucks a month, like in their, this shit on my, the shit I have in my car was two fifty. I'm like, there's no fucking way. Right. Well, right. most of those people are probably have some type of um, like government assistant. assistance or something to help, you know, substitute. Uh, yeah. Some of that. it, yeah. yeah. It's supposed to. That's how, I think that's how it's supposed to work. But, you know. It's still rough, man. I mean, but unfortunately, that is the way the world has always been. Have you guys made a decision lately not to buy something at the Kroger or whatever you shop for groceries because it was like four or five bucks? Mm, no. See, I mean, I'm sure at one time if if I say like say like was making a little bit lesser money, probably I would have thought that way. Yeah, but. like when you live with Courtney the first time, or when you first Possibly. had your apartment. Yeah, I mean, there was a time I lived off ramen noodles and rice. So yeah, I mean, you do what you got to do to make ends meet, but I don't know. I'm in a position now where I don't have to worry about it too much. Um, you know. You, we don't eat out as much as we used to because that's that's one thing that that we've cut back on was eating out. Like we just eat at home more, um, or trying to. You know, we got spoiled ass kids and <laughs> they want their McDonald's. Yeah. Now we understand. Oh, yeah, Happy meal. Now we understand when our parents used to say we have McDonald's at home. Right. You know, it's yeah, like right, crazy, right? right? Oh man! But Dude, no, like, we even buy the shit like. We buy the chicken nuggies. We buy the, yeah. the hamburger fat. You know what I mean? To make all the same shit McDonald's. Yeah. And it's not McDonald's. I like McDonald's. I'm not I'm not here well, to bash on McDonald's. I'm, <laughs> here, I'm here to bash on their drive-thru times. Like, oh, fuck that, bro. Every time I drive by there, the line just seems insane. I'm like, why is people waiting, man? But it's convenience, though. It's Yeah, it's... You know what it's about? It's not cleaning up. Mm. Yeah, that is to, true. I don't have to do no fucking dishes. And sometimes making I one had, meal costs more than it would cost you to go to a restaurant and get it. Right. I saw this really cool video the other day on TikTok. I was like, okay, you know what? I can go buy that shit. I mean, that, that, that'll feed me for like three or four days. Do you want to eat the same shit for three or four days? That's what I started thinking. I got to, when I went to Kroger on Friday, I pulled up I got a good screenshot of the ingredients. You know, I was like, okay, man, I'm not going to want this on the third day. Like, there's, right. you know, and, and it's like, no, nah, I'm just, I was like, fuck it. Like, I might I like a little bit of leftovers, but I don't eat you know like spaghetti, right? You make a big pot of spaghetti, you eat spaghetti for two or three days, chili two or three days. You know what I mean? It's it's those things. It's all right sometimes, but man, I I like a little change. I like like a little variety, a little variety, and eating out has gotten super super expensive, right? Right, like. And even going to sit down and eat because then you feel bad because you know this meal costs so much more. But now I gotta I gotta pay their wage too because I already know I worked in the service industry yeah. long enough. I know they ain't getting paid, so I want to tip them. You know what I mean? Like, and I always twenty percent just never was enough for me when I tip. You know, well, it's I mean? kind of like you want to make up for the people you know are leaving like ten percent or less. Exactly. You know, because so, you know, you know I mean? it's like, happening to that service right, that's your right. friend. So I'm, you I'm, know, I'm closer to like a thirty percent kind of. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's half, you know what I mean? Like, if I can. Do you wish that they would just include that into the price of the meal? Like a gratuity? 
Yeah, so like, because there are people that aren't going to tip. So if you see your price, it's just like your paycheck. It's a it's it's a gamble. I would rather see just my pay than what the gross pay was. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to see before taxes and all that shit like that. Yeah, because it's just gonna hurt my feelings. So if I see if I see my bill with the gratuity already included, I'm like, okay, whatever. Because you know, like a lot of places, if you have a big enough party, they're like. The are already included, yeah. and you uh, you can add an additional tip if you want to. Right. So I just think they just just add gratuity automatically into it. So people that don't want to tip aren't but, like. But, but then it's not gratuity. It's no, but I'm just saying. But like they're still yeah. the, playing the people. That's that's the thing. Is like you know, I guess I don't know. Because I know like. At certain places, after a certain hour, they're like gratuities already included because they know that certain people are going to come in and not tip. There's a big ass sign. Some of these right, places right. say, "If I don't think it's how much do you, how much is it worth though? You know what I mean? Like, how much are they really going to pay that person? Like, because then it would have to be like, okay, instead of making four twenty five an hour, you're going to make twelve fifty an hour. Mm-hmm. But then you don't know." You, it's hard to judge that because you don't know how many people are going to be in from the business standpoint that's going to be making that money to have your people on shift. No, I'm saying a, on the tip, I mean, on the, the tab, just do auto gratuity on the tab automatic, automatically. Not not like they're hourly, sourly, put additional into that. Oh, just, no, no, no. I wouldn't want to take that gamble. <laughs> you wouldn't want to do auto not, gratuity? Not as a server. <laughs> really? I, hate, I, hate, I hate auto gratuity as a server because I'm a really good server. Mm. Like when I, I, I served, say, I was I was that fake. Uh, hey guys, welcome to Chili's. How you doing today? <laughs> Man, you, know, you sound like me Monday through Friday. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I'm a fake motherfucker when it comes to serving because I want your money. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to help you. I want you to have a fine, di- you know, a good dining experience and stuff. Yeah, I appreciate you for coming out and spending time with me. Mm. You know what I mean? But and that's how I approach my job. Of course, I always want to do any job that I've done. Yeah, to the best of my ability. And I found out that like. Like, usually big parties, I didn't add gratuity. They're like, hey, you didn't add gratuity on here. I'm like, no, I trust you. Mm. And it's fucked me sometimes. Yeah. But it's, it, I guess it's that roll of the dice, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, I will say this about the auto gratuity, because I guess if somebody saw that the, like, the auto gratuity was like, you know, like 15 or 20%, whatever it is. Sometimes a person would get fucked because somebody probably would tip them more than what the auto gratuity would yeah, have been. And in if the you first know you're going to get the tip from that person anyways, yeah. if you got that auto gratuity, how good is your service going to be? Yeah, that is true too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know a lot of lazy people. Yeah. Like, oh man, I'm only going to make news on this. Like, I'm just going to try to upsell them and whatever. Because then it's all about the upsell. Yeah. Because you just need the bill to be more. Well, like Vila Castriati is opening their second location soon in Lake District, you know, out there. And uh, I sent my buddy Joe a message the other day. I was like, hey, man, uh, I don't know how to serve, but I want to serve for you. Like yeah. on the, maybe like a, like this or help or something that makes an extra money on the weekends, like in the afternoon, evening times. And he was like, man, you know, we're just we're really going for people right now that that have the experience because we're going to be busy from the get go. I was like, all right, well, you know, if you fall short or whatever one day or something, let me right, know. I'll come right. help because the money's good. You know, not always, but, you know, I just yeah. want to make some extra money. I mean, <clears throat> Like my deal, like when I served and stuff, is I was I was always walking with a buck fifty. You know what I mean? No matter what, I could walk away in any shift with one hundred fifty dollars. Mm. Like, That's good. It was pretty good. I mean, I but I served well. You know what I mean? Like if if I was making under one hundred fifty, I was 
you know, even, like I was, there was something wrong that day. Or there just wasn't people coming into the store. But I, I got fortunate enough. Like I worked at Chili's is where I did all most of my serving at, um, my real serving. But it was the busiest Chili's in the U.S. Wow, where was it at? Colorado Springs, Colorado. Like, is that where Ben lives? Yeah. It, it was positioned right next to a movie theater, but it was right between Fort Carson and Peterson Air Force Base. It was close enough that it just got hit. And like that whole area was like nothing for, for like military people to kind of like go and do fun, you know, movies, shopping centers, stuff like that, little places to eat. And it was the number one most selling chilies for like the last seven years at the time. Damn. In the U S you know what I mean? Like, which might, might've been moral too. I don't know, but, but just, I thought it was crazy too, but it wasn't crazy because we were busy. Like all the time. How long did you work there for? Um, about a year and a half, two years. What I spent there. That was when I was out trying to mend that relationship with my daughter, mm-hmm. trying to make ends meet. That I. That's when uh, I left 152 the first time. Moved out there for about a year and a half, and then came back. So you said you were in the service too? Yeah, I was in the army. How long were you in the army for? Uh, three years. Did you do that right after high school? Two weeks. What was the reason? Get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> no. Were you from a small town? Yeah, I uh, I came from a small town up in Missouri uh, called uh, Williamsville, Missouri. It has uh, three hundred forty nine people in it. What? Yeah. Who? Yeah. How many people did you graduate with? 50. Two. <laughs> no, so, Jesus. Man. So so they uh, it was a county school. Uh huh. So like what they do is they you went to elementary like first through fifth grade in one school. Yeah. And then they bust you over to the, the county school, which was in Greenville, Missouri, which was about twenty miles away. You have to ride a bus and go over there and go to school. Um graduated with fifty three people, so that was like the surrounding areas, you know, pulling the crops together and mm. <laughs> doing a barn warming. But uh came from up there. Where was I going with that? Military. Oh yeah. So I uh, I had a girl. See, I told you I get hit in the head a lot. Yeah, I uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, and we were engaged. You know, of course, back in the late nineties. You know, you wanted to get married and have a family, or where I came from. You know, Southeast Missouri. You're supposed to graduate high school, maybe go to college, go do something, or go find some work and get married. Well, I already had the girl. I thought, um, didn't really like school. Wasn't going to play basketball or anything like that because I wasn't, you know, vertically challenged to be a basketball player. Yeah. At a good level. You know what I mean? And uh, so I decided on the military. I talked to a recruiter and recruiter was like, yeah, you know, you can play for the Army and stuff like that and gave me all the spills. And I was like, that's cool, you know. It's like, so I signed up, go off to the military. She cheats on me. That's all done. You know, so I could marry her and all that. Uh, then nine eleven happens. Oh, uh, okay. You know, after that, I went. Uh, I went to Kuwait, part of Operation Enduring Freedom. Was on Rear D. Got all pumped up that I was going to get to see some action. Didn't get to see no action. You know, so it uh, it messed with my brain a little bit because you know you, you. I remember I was sitting in the defect with which was the place where you eat mm-hmm. like military eating. And uh, I was eating breakfast. We'd just gotten done with PT and stuff. I was in there eating when the planes hit the towers. Damn. 
So I went home, packed my bags because we knew we was going to war. We was on two-hour uh, DRB at that time, so my bags were already pretty much packed, but I just had to re-go over them. And uh, we got we got put uh, the next day. We got radioed up, and we got put into a field house on post because we were going to get ready to deploy. And they hadn't decided if we were going to because the Salt Lake City, the Olympics were fixing to go on. The Olympics were going on the same year as 9-11 happened. Yeah. And there was threats going on for that. So they didn't know if they was going to send my unit there or if we were going to Kuwait to uh, be part of the Operation Enduring Freedom or be a part of the first wave that got to go in. Well, anyways, we all got sick. Like some virus broke out, like puking diarrhea everything like everybody was bad so then we got quarantined inside this gym for two weeks like we all got sick then we got quarantined inside there so we missed our deployment on that they sent somebody else so we ended up going december 13th 2001 because i just turned 21 years old in december 10th my birthday's on the 10th and i just turned 21 been 21 for three days and thought i was going to war so those three days were hell. I don't even remember them, like most of my life. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know I don't remember those. I was in an alcoholic haze for those days. But uh, is there is there a difference between now? I, I was reading this online, so I'm telling me I'm probably totally wrong. Is there a difference between a veteran that never got deployed and a veteran that did get deployed? I just seen that. I just seen they both dip veterans, right? Because yeah, you both served. Yeah, they're they're both veterans. I mean, you both served. Like just because I did, you know, somebody did their time and never got deployed, doesn't mean they wasn't ready to do their time when asked upon. You know, what right? I mean? So, so I respect everybody that does it. I thank everybody for their service. You know what I mean? I appreciate oh, what you did. Yeah, one hundred. I, I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to do. Like I was, they had me. I was trained to go kill people. You know what I mean? I was ready to go do it, and I was fucked up because I didn't get to do it. Mm, that sucks. Um, like, the the movie I've related to, like if you relate to movies and stuff, but Jarhead, the very first one, not any of the... Oh, yeah, the, the original sequels, one. But the original, was, I think it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> Went over there, was a sniper, had people in their sights, didn't ever get to pull the trigger, and fucks with you, man. Like, and, and MMA saved... My life, like being able to fight inside of a cage and learn how to deal with anger and stuff. Cause I used to be a real angry little kid, man. I was, I wanted to fucking, I want to fuck shit up. I was, I, I trained for it. That's what I was there for. I was ready to fucking kill people and, and it didn't happen. How long did it take once you got out to quell that? I mean, uh, Maybe the first year was pretty rough. Really? Like like very jumpy mm. about where I was, like always it's just a different mindset that you I guess you feel like you prepare yourself for. Mm-hmm. And uh 'cause there is no there's no there's rules of engagement, but there are no rules really. You know what I mean? Once the fighting starts. Yeah. And I was mentally prepared at that time to have the fuck to let the fighting start. Yeah. Like when it was going down. Like uh when I was when we were deployed over there, 
we've gotten word that uh, that one of the SF troops needed like help or something like that, and I immediately volunteered to go. Like I was like, "Hey, I'll go." Yeah, they needed a, a communications guy or something like that. It was whatever it was, and it was like you know they was asking into our platoon who would be, you know, does anybody want to go to? I was like, I was ready to go, and uh, you know, I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't go do I could I could have made it happen I guess more if I would have went Ranger or would have went Seal or stuff like that or you know or try to do like Green Beret Special Forces of of that nature, but. That's a lot of practice, man. And were you uh, infantry in the army? Is that I was a part of an infantry unit, but okay. I chose uh, communications as my MOS. Um, I wanted to. They kind of told me it was like, yeah, man, this is the job that you need for to be able to do anything after you get mm. out, and blah blah blah. Really, all I did was say, yeah, that radio is fucking broke. I'm gonna take it to the technical support that actually fixes. The <laughs> mm. I'm at the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it was chill. Like, I did retrans, which was because everything's line of sight now. Well, now they got tax satellite and all that for for other things. But like when we originally set it up, the Singar's radios, like the little radios that everybody uses, yeah. it's a line of sight. So you're fighting over these mountains and stuff, right? You got your your troops over here, but you got your main operators back here, so. I'm sitting over here on this fucking mountain, this big fucking antenna sticking up by myself and one other member, making sure that their radio signal comes from here to there as these guys that are over here are trying to find me so they can cut off communications because if they can kill me, they've lost support. Damn. Because then they lose track of where everybody's yeah, yeah, at. Yeah, I was supposed like, to die. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We're supposed to get bombed and stuff. As soon as they find the antenna, like we're the first people that they're trying to take out. You know what I mean? From... My understanding. I never got to experience firsthand, but fuck, man. That was that was our, you know, scouts and and us were the number we're supposed to be killed the most frequently in in battle. What do you think it was about you that made you want to be like that? You were so ready to go, and you know, was it what happened with nine eleven? That, that no, I mean, like, I was already in. Yeah, I was uh, I, like, I joined the army. Uh, I mean, I just think I was at a spot more. In my life, that maybe I just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like, what I, was, I, mean, I uh, sorry. My uh, I lost that girl at the time um, that I was engaged, you know, or promised to, you know, like, and I was a good old country boy, and it just felt like it's what I was supposed to do. I don't, I can't really explain it. Like, what made me, yeah, want to do that? Do I, you think it's like an age thing too, though? Because when we're younger, we're there's less fear. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot of that, you know what I mean? But I I don't know. I, I, maybe that's why I migrated towards the cage because I wanted some kind of battle in mm. my life. You know, I've always been a big fan of, like, you know, Spartacus and, and you know, and all those types of movies, mm-hmm. and the gladiators. You know, I, I think that would have been fucking awesome to do. You know what I mean? Like, now not so much because I'm, like, older and I'm a little bit more wiser and I'm like, man, you know, that'd, that'd be fucking rough. But <laughs> but the young me, man, you signed me up for that shit. I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because I think about stuff I did when I was younger, and it's like, I wouldn't do that now. Because I think I'm, I'm yeah. more logical now than I was when I was younger. I'm like, man, I can't. You know what I'm going to have to, how long am I going to have to rest after I do that thing? <laughs> <laughs> what, my, you know, you turn into your dad. Yeah. I really believe you do. Yeah, I, and my yeah. dad used to always say, because he'd see me doing some stupid shit. He'd be like, son, what good can come from it? 
Like, so what if you're fucking walking on a roof on a fucking high rope carrying a fucking torch? Yeah. You know, got a cool video. Well, now there's can be something come from it because you can video that yeah. shit yeah. and make money off of it. Like the slap video. You know what I mean? Like some dumb shit happened at the gym. I ended up recording it and I didn't make no money. I got some soap. I got some jujitsu soap off that. That was kind of funny. <laughs> so how quick did that video go viral? Uh, Pretty much, like right off the bat, like it started, like it once it started, it never stopped. It, uh, I guess that's where we started this whole conversation was, is like what happened with that thing. Uh, so let me get back to the story on like what, what, uh, how it transpired. So he was talking crap on this martial arts Facebook page, trying to sell his Patreon and stuff like that. So they told him, why don't he do a Gracie challenge? You know, so because some BJJ guys were in there because he was saying that BJJ sucked, that it wasn't good for a fight because you go to the ground and going to the ground is a bad idea in a real fight. He, uh, they told him, why don't you do a Gracie challenge? So he went to Memphis BJJ like during the day when they didn't have no classes going on or something like that. It was like, asked for a challenge there was there was somebody there and they're like look we don't really do that here like i don't know what you're looking for but that's you can come to a class because they didn't understand you know yeah. i mean they're a there's dave ferguson would understand what a gracie challenge is but the little girl working the desk yeah of course you know, yeah <laughs> uh do you want a membership right right they got <laughs> like, yeah. you know they so kickboxing classes they got some mma the well those fighter guys are in the back you know what i mean like, yeah yeah you know, it's just how, like, if I had a secretary at my at my gym, it would be like that. But, so he went there looking for it, ended up didn't find it. So he went back to the chat, was like, yeah, there was nobody there for me. You know, I went to a BJJ school. And I want to say he snapped a picture or something like that is, like, what I've heard. I haven't never seen a picture, but I heard something about it. So they was like, no, 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 no. We'll find you a school to go to. So this guy, uh, and I can't remember his name, he contacts chat. He, like, he Googles Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, and of course Chad's name pops up. So he contacts Chad and is like, hey, we got this guy on this forum, you know, and so he added one forum, and Chad's like, yeah, come on down, you know, we'll give you whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. So the guy, you know, wants to do it, so they set up a date. So Chad comes to me and is like, or or they're trying to set up a date. Chad comes to me and he's like, hey, I got this guy that wants to do a Gracie challenge. I'm like, what? This is fun. <laughs> There's videos out about this shit. Have you not seen it? You know what I mean? Like, why, 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 why were you doing this? And he's like, no, no, no. He's been talking to you, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. It was like, well, we spar on Saturdays. You know what I mean? If he wants to come in, we'll give him some work. You know? So Chad goes back and talks to him two weeks. Right? He's supposed to show up on the Saturday. I'm like, all right, whatever, Chad, because usually that's not a show up. You know what I mean? Usually that's this. Okay, I tried. No, I didn't make it. Sorry, I got something coming up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, whatever. So I didn't, I didn't even think about it, right? And Chad was just like, and that's all I knew about it, like going into it was like, hey, there's this guy that wants to come in and do a Gracie challenge. He's supposed to be some Aikido guy. I was like, okay, whatever, man. We spar, you know, and come in and get some work. So two weeks come by, boom, we go in. And here comes this guy in with his wife and his kids, and he's got a video camera. Right. And he wants and he wants to set up the video camera while he's far or while he works with us. And so 
we had already been sparring a little bit, but we stop and we go into the back room. You know what I mean? It's kind of more it's just the back room. It's where we do private trainings and yeah. stuff like that, just so it wouldn't be out there in the open because they wanted to videotape it. And uh, so they're setting up the camera. We're kind of going over what a Gracie challenge is. I was like, do you even know what you're kind of asking for right now? Like, Because he didn't really look the part, but I don't take – I've had people that looked a lot worse than him – beat my ass all over the place so I don't take anybody's looks for advantage some of these jujitsu guys look like straight fucking nerds and will fucking twist you up like a pretzel so I don't take anybody's looks yeah. you know for what they are I'm just like he didn't look the part but it is what it is so uh, we uh, we sat down and I we, I explained to him what the Gracie challenge is and what he wants to get forth. What his main concern was is that I would hold him down. Like I would take him down and I would stall mm. is what he was most concerned about that. I'd like try to hold him to where he couldn't get back up and just try to wear him out. And he's like, you know, I'm not here to prove that you can last longer than me in this position. I'm here to prove that my art's effective and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, you want to prove this shit. So my tone kind of went a little different. And uh, we decided on the rule set. I was like, you know, like, do you really want to, because, like, a headbutt, like, it's, you know, Gracie Challenge is pretty much, as long as you're not, like, groin striking or fish hooking or biting, like, pretty much all goes, you know what I mean? It's like old-style NHB fighting, like, kicks to the face on the ground, like, <sighs> knees and elbows to everywhere. And, you know, I was like, what kind of fight headbutts, you know, like, what kind of fight are you really wanting here? And so... We decided, you know, he didn't want to really do the headbutts and a few other things, I think it was. But uh, I was like, okay, do you want to wear gloves? Like, Would you like to wear gloves with this? He's like, no, I've never worn gloves before, so I don't want to wear gloves. And that's why we went no gloves. It's because mm -hmm. upon his request, I was like, okay. So uh, you, then that's kind of when the video starts. You know what I mean? Like we got done with the rules. I was like, okay, let's do it. And So I threw that little kick kind of fill him out to see where he was, how he was going to react to it. And he reached down for it. And I was like, Oh no. So that's when I decided to, uh, to open hand slap him instead of close, <laughs> instead of close fist. Cause if he'd have blocked, you know what I mean? If he would have checked the kick in a proper way or it looked like he had skill instead of reaching around down the way he did, um, it would probably been a straight, right. But, uh, I just kind of showed it to him and then I smacked him, but he didn't do anything. And then, he uh, he called the timeout. And what is that about? He he just he didn't expect to to be touched in his. In oh, his okay, face okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he believed in his religion. Yeah, and he thought it was going to go at a certain level, and he wasn't ready for a real level. You know what I mean? Like, like he just. It, He'd polluted his own mind. He'd been, he'd saw the light so hard that he got blinded by it. And, uh, he just, he wasn't ready. So it caught him off guard. And the kick kind of like knocked the air out of him a little bit too. But he's like, the kick. And then, then he's like, I just didn't expect you. I didn't expect it to be that hard. And I said, Well, this is what you asked for. You know what I mean? This is that. And he's like, Yeah. But <laughs> I was like, Well, but, you know, I said, Well, do you want to, like, I won't. I won't hit you. Like, what do you want to do? How can we make this better for you? And uh, he's like, well, maybe just not 
not so hard. He's like, I just, you know what I mean? <laughs> the I like, like, and I was like, okay. So, and I don't know if you've seen the second, the second half, but there's a, there's a part two. Mm, I haven't. To it too. So after the smack and after the timeout, we do again. And, uh, so I'm going real light and I kick him. I do like a little front, front push kick. And he was on his heels and he falls backwards into the wall, into his butt, like straight back, kind of loses his balance and goes down. And uh, Jimbo Surratt like, come on, get up. And uh, so he hops back up, and I just decide I'm not really going to do any more real damage to him. And so, like, I just kind of, like, hand fight him in and get him up against the wall and pick him up and take him to the ground. I pick him up high, and when I set him down, I set him down kind of soft. But uh, I put him down nicely as we put it in <laughs> jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? But, but uh, and then he's like, oh, oh. And then that's when he said, just like, yeah, we're done with this. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if his wife, you said, because you said his wife and his kids wife came, was, right? Yeah. His kids were in the other room. His kids didn't see the, the massacre, but his wife videotaped. And when I saw that they were videotaping, like the reason why we got shitty footage is because he never put it out there. He never aired his I wouldn't have done it either. I wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I threw my phone to uh, one of the guys in the gym was like, hey. He's going to videotape this shit. I'm going to videotape this shit, too, like, so I'd have a copy of it. And then that's when the magic happened. That man took three L's that day, man. He took a loss from you and his kid and his wife. Lost respect for him, sure, too. His yeah, wife, no, wait, no, I wonder if his no, wife he, left his ass. See, <laughs> Jesus he, Christ, man. He didn't He didn't take an L. He learned that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Remember, you, don't, you don't take L's. I don't take L's. He don't take L's. You oh, learn. God, man. You learn. Damn. And it's not like... Why didn't he just do a grappling match then? Because he didn't know anything about grappling. Mm. He knows Aikido wrist lock. See, Aikido is is a is a samurai martial arts, mm-hmm. right? You're, it's all done with a sword. It's all sword movements and stuff like that. And uh, he just wasn't the right sauce. Man. <sighs> I don't know how else to put it. Like I, he could have done probably forty years of Aikido. Yeah, and he just wasn't tough. You know what I mean? Like Damn. he just. He went up against a man that day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I just like it was. It went up against a nice man, in my opinion, because I could have could have fucked him up. I could have fucked him up. <laughs> yeah. and I, you know, and everybody's like, well, "Why didn't you put one of your fighters on him?" I'm like, "If I'd have put Brandon Gator on that motherfucker, and Brandon Gator don't know stop. You've seen him fight in yeah. the ring. He like he's still trying to hurt a motherfucker until the referee says stop. You know what I mean? Like they're, you know, they're my pit bulls. You know what I mean? They're my fighting dogs. It, you tell them to fight, they're going to go fight mm-hmm. until you, until I call them off or pull them off. This guy, I knew I could control myself and wasn't going to be put in a situation that I couldn't handle. Mm-hmm. You know, and there was enough of there, them and me, if he turned out to be fucking Steven Seagal, that we'd get the job. That we he I had people there to get me off it, to get them off of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know. Or maybe he watched too many of the Ip Man movies on Netflix and thought he would tell you some tough shit. Because, you know, Ip Man's thing is the wrist. I mean, it's not samurai, like you were saying. He's not a keto, but, like, when he would fight guys, like, way bigger than him, like, was, you know, he would, he had his own style, Kung Fu. So, and, like, yeah, so maybe this motherfucker thought he was, like, the Ip Man. I, I don't know, man. He's... There's a lot of delusional people in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have called me out. I think, uh, like, smiling Sam Alvey or whatever, 
he shared the TikTok video of it, right? Because people say, oh, this is MMA versus this, or Aikido versus MMA, or Aikido versus BJJ. And they're like, well, I don't see no BJJ or nothing like that. Sam Alley said, this is, this is like a limp noodle versus a beast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at, at what time did he think that he was going to come in and beat that trained athlete? Yeah. You know, and that's the only problem is, is we actually weighed the same. Oh, damn, really? Yeah, I think he was actually three pounds heavier than me at the time. Oh. You know what I mean? Or, or so he said he was. Yeah. Because I fought at 185 my whole career. Okay. I walk around like 186, 187 right now. Oh, so that's why your weight cut was so easy. We were talking about eating ice cream and stuff. Well, I was 200 then. Oh, okay. Cutting to 85. Like back in the V3 days back yeah. then. Yeah. But like weight just shed off of me. You know what I mean? Like I could shed water weight. Like I sweat really easy, so... Water weight would always come off. Yeah. Like I would just water load and then cut it. Okay. Huh. Take Lasix. When was your first MMA fight? Mm. Uh, in 2002. And what made you decide to do MMA? Um, I got into a fight outside of a bar and uh, beat up three people. And a promoter saw him and was like, hey, you could fight. <laughs> <laughs> you could make me a lot of money. Let's go. He's like, he's like you, you fight pretty well. And uh, I was like, yeah. He's like, what are you What are you doing next Saturday? I was like, probably be at this bar. And because, uh, you know, I'd just gotten out of the military and didn't have nothing to do. He's like, won't you come fight for me in Pueblo, Colorado? And it's called, uh, it was No Mercy Entertainment is who put on these shows. Uh-huh. And these were the bigger shows. Like I would go and do these like boxing smokers like three or four times a week, but he would do like a show like every four months or so like that. And he was a promoter that got me into jujitsu. And so when I went and did this show, I, I got choked out in twenty minutes. I I hit this dude. Like they put me up against the guy that had been doing it for three years. Mm. And because uh, the promoters thought I could fight fight, like mm. I was handling these guys pretty well. But it was just stand up. You know what I mean? They weren't trying. They we didn't go to the ground. They. You know, I think one guy tried to grab me and I need him. Yeah. So he thought maybe I had some, you know, some gumption about me. But, uh, man, I hit this dude, busted his nose open. He went in, body clenched me, did a leg sweep. I rolled over my belly to get up because that was the only way I knew how to get up. I didn't know what a tactical stand-up was or anything. And he jumped right on my back and put me to sleep. And like I said, I went to sleep punching him in the head because I, I honestly didn't know you yeah. could tap. You know what I mean? I oh, know. shit. Okay, you know yeah, I mean? like yeah. It was that, like I had that a, new edit. Yeah, I was that new edit. I was like, I didn't really know what a tap was. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could knew I, I, I knew I could quit, but this dude was choking me. I didn't know. You can't talk when you're... <laughs> that sound when you're getting choked if, is If you can say I'm being choked, you're not being choked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was being choked that day because there is no... <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like gagging on a dick. <laughs> like, like this dude was choking the life out of me. So I, I did the only thing I knew how to do: punch him in the fucking head. Right? Yeah. Well, they wake me up. <laughs> did I win? Because <laughs> the last thing I remember, I was punching him. <laughs> no, no, son, you lost. You lost. But hey, man, you, I can't believe you didn't tap. Like what are you talking about? What, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know? Wow. So. Would you, if, like today, would you get into MMA still, or do you think you would have went a different path? No, I think it's, I always wanted to be a warrior. It's like like I said, you know, like the, the gladiators mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was, I wasn't really born for this time. 
I was I was born for a different time, mm. different era. I'm supposed to have died on a battlefield already, mm. and you know, I never thought I'd make it this far. I'm lucky, you know. I'm surprised I'm still kicking. I thought there's been a couple times I should already been. Yeah, but I'm here. I love my kids. You know, what I mean, I've, I've settled down. Like kids, slow you down. Yeah, like, uh, and when you're in their lives, I mean, you get to be a part of their lives. They really slow you down a lot when they're taken from you. You kind of hate life. You don't really care as much. Um, gives you something to fight for. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to beat somebody that doesn't care about mm. what happens to them. Yeah. You know, you can just go out there and get beat up, and you're like, eh, it's not as bad as life is. You know what I mean? Like, life was kicking me at one time. That's when I was really good at MMA is when real life was kicking me. And that's why I think, you know, like Conor McGregor did so well. Because life was kicking him so hard. Mm-hmm. Now he ain't doing so well because life's easy. I'm telling you, man, once these real fighters get, like, Usman, you know what I mean? Like, he just got kicked in the head and got knocked. Yeah, he was dominating the fight, but, like, you get to, you get comfortable. It's hard to, uh, it's hard to keep that dog in you. What is that saying about, like, it's hard to get up when you're sleeping in silk sheets? Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think there's truth to it. You know what I mean? Like, I was the best fighter I ever was when I, like when I said, when my life was kind of going downhill. You know what I mean? Having women problems, like not having a, not having a care for myself, like made me go fight harder. Well, maybe it's because when you become successful at your craft, like fighting, like, like Usman and like McGregor and all them, it's hard to keep that drive that got you there, right? Like you were training really hard all the time, doing all this stuff to get that money. And then once that money and fame comes, you know, it's like... Then you don't have to work as hard. Like I say, you lose the hunger. You know what I mean? Like the silk sheet thing. Like it just doesn't... You know, there's something about the grind of it. You know what I mean? Like, and I and I used to love the grind. I don't love the grind as much anymore. I like watching people that have the desire for the grind. But, you know, I'm I'm old. I... uh I don't really care about competing too much anymore. You know, people ask if I'm going to do it again. You know, when are you going to fight again? I'm like, you know, the right money came along. I would. How much do you think the right money would be to <laughs> get you out of retirement? Man. You don't talk about price, man. Yeah, <laughs> make me an offer, somebody. Yeah. Uh, but it's got to be an offer I can't refuse. Because, you know, there goes a lot more into, like, me fighting. Because i got to go get medicals and stuff like that. Um, got to reapply for the license, and, and hopefully I get passed. Um, I think I could fight just fine. I think I'd pass every physical. I got ailments, but I never did fight healthy. You know, I don't I ain't never been to a fight, been a hundred percent. Not if I trained for it, which I didn't train for every fight, but I was always training. What's your most memorable fight? Uh, let's see. Like memory isn't good, or like, cause I've got a couple. Like I made I made spectacles of a couple fights. Um, probably the one that made me grow the most as a fighter mm-hmm. was the Ben Parrish fight. Big tuna, big tuna. Um, I had just came in back from uh, my hand injury. I'd, I'd taken five years off from fighting. I thought I was going to be retired at retired then because I'd hit that guy outside the club and. Uh, caught a tooth in my hand and ended up getting a septic blood infection and almost killed me. Jesus. 
Spent two weeks in the hospital for that, two surgeries. Um, fucked up my right hand. But it was my first fight back after after five years of doing that. But I'd really gotten good at jiu-jitsu. I'd gotten a passion for jiu-jitsu uh, during that five years. So my jiu-jitsu game really got, because I couldn't hit anything. So I had to get really good at doing what I did. But uh, Big Tuna was was very much a big learning experience. I, the The fan support that I had here that night, like I don't know if you remember that night, but like, it seemed like the whole crowd was red if you were at that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't get the win. I uh, I caught some knees to the belly, and I actually thought I'd hurt my liver at then or busted. I thought he busted something inside um, right there at the end of the round. He was catching me with knees to the gut, but uh, you know, just the fan support I had that night, like it was like a. When I didn't think anybody, you know, it was five years off, like, who still liked me? Who still even, like, I was old, has been, you know. They they was calling me a legend at that time, and I'm like, dude, I'm still an amateur fighter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I did a different route. Like, I I kind of did the pro thing while it was not sanctioned, and then I went legit and did an amateur mm. career um, and had a really good amateur run, had six titles while I was an amateur um, and then got injured. I was I made the Ultimate Fighter. I was going to go do the Ultimate Fighter because I, I was going to do it as an O and O guy. Because um, I hadn't went pro yet when that it was the one with Ch- uh, Chuck and Tito. Richard oh McGill. wow! Okay. Um, I'd gotten the call back for that, and uh, had to call him back and be like, "Yo, I'm I'm out the game because I'm hurt. I'm injured." And then just making it back after that five years and then doing that fight was pretty memorable. And then there was one time that my ex-wife, <laughs> I proposed to her in the ring. She was a ring card girl. So that was a pretty memorable fight because of that reason. Um, yeah, those were probably my two most memorable fights that, that come to mind. I mean, I had so many. How many fights did you have total? Um, as an amateur, as a legal career, I was fourteen and four. Okay. Um, as a pro, I'm two and one. But before that, I didn't. I didn't go legit amateur until about two thousand five. 2006, so I fought for like four years, like doing shows like three nights a week, doing the the boxing smokers and those kind of fights, and then doing a fight, doing a real MMA fight like every two or three weeks, we could go to one place and then be having a fight fight, you know what I mean, where you could do like a tournament, enter for cash and stuff like that, but none of that was sanctioned. So what is your emotion from when you get to the arena, you're in the locker room, Walking out and into the cage. Usually I'm the guy that's uh, joking around, being a clown in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my jokes were always like, fuck, I can't go to jail. They're going to stop me before I kill him. They're yeah. going to stop him before he kills me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a fight I had to worry about. Like, I fought in the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I did security. This was, this is cake. This is practice for mm-hmm. the, for real life. Like, everything I did in the cage was practice in case somebody tries to attack me in real life. 
I just had a set of rules I had to follow. Mm-hmm. But I was always looking to like, where can I gouge his eyes out? Where can, you know what I mean? If this is a real fight, what could I do to get out? And that's how I train. You know I mean? I train for real life situations more now than what I do in the cage, but I train fighters all the time to, you know, I get to just train MMA now, mm-hmm. which is great. Like I get to use my BJJ skills to make fighters better. Cause that's all we are as a fight school at law school. You know, we're not a jujitsu school that has a fight team. We are a fight team that learns how to fight. So if you want to be a fighter, that's probably where you are to come train a little bit, at least cross train with us. Yeah. You know, how long have you been with Brian? Um, about a year and three months now. I moved over there after I left uh, Chillicuts. Um, just it was time to to branch out, and I wanted to be more part of the MMA community in that aspect, and just really focus more on MMA than uh, teaching jujitsu all the time, and uh, not teaching techniques that I don't think works but I think there's better techniques and better situations. Like that's the great thing about MMA is I can use the wrestling, you know, jujitsu wants you to teach a certain move a certain way. And that's the way the curriculum is. And it's, it's not that it's not good moves. It's just like, I believe everything works. Even Aikido works, even Taekwondo works. If given the right opportunity in the right moment, a, a sidekick works great. I use it. You know what I mean? Or a Thai kick. You know, I'm a mixed martial artist. I'm not just one martial artist. I happen to have a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but it doesn't mean that's what I use 100% of the time. A lot of times there's wrestling with my jiu-jitsu. A lot of times there's rapid hand movements that I learned from Kajikembo. You know what I mean? Where I use my knees, elbows, Muay Thai. It was my stand-up. You know what I mean? I trained a lot of Muay Thai. Trained a lot of boxing. Trained a lot of, you know, American karate. You know what I mean? Doing that, like, at a karate school, just learning how to kick learning different angles, learning, okay, what what can I steal from you that's going to make me better? Like, I don't ever try to change. I just try to give fighters tools that they that they can make their game better with. I don't try to tell them how to fight because that's you in there fighting. You're not going to, you're not my, I don't have a controller. You still have to act upon it. You know what I mean? I can give you the code. I can give you a cheat code. You know, I can tell you what I see. I can give you some outside eyes, but it's up to you to perform and do that. You know what I mean? Like, I was never a flying knee kind of person. My body don't work good for a flying knee, so I didn't have a flying knee in my arsenal. I know some people flying knees work great, mm-hmm. just not for me. You know, I'm a I'm a go forward type of guy and smash you up against the cage and get you to something I can take you down and beat on you and submit you. Now, when you're in the cage and you're fighting, and then you hear your corner man and they're telling you something, but you're in there actually fighting, do you always listen to them or do you listen to your gut? Um, it's more of like ideas that you catch, like, like if we're saying out a combo to do like a two, three, two, like usually they'll see something that's open. Um, I'll try to like throw it, but at the same time, I know he just heard that. Mm. So I try to throw it a little bit later. I'll throw something different okay. off the bat. You know what I mean? To set up that two three two. Like usually I'm like maybe if I'm if I'm wanting to go with a two three two, I'm gonna do something to try to get his his hand to fall down. So maybe I'll fake at the body kick to drop his elbow and mm-hmm. throw the two three two. You know, I don't want to throw it right out of the back because he just heard the same thing I did. If he's any kind of competent fighter. Yeah. 
You know, I'm more listening to their coach to see what they're trying to tell him to do with me. <laughs> so it's like you guys are a couple of fight, a couple of steps ahead of what's going on, like in, in yeah, your game and, plan. And and when I fought, I was, I was generally my own coach. Oh shit! Really? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. usually I had people in my corner that trained with me. You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of times, like I've been the trainer. Because mm. I'd go off and I'd learn stuff, and then I'd bring it back home to Missouri. Like I did that twice. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my co- I taught him everything I knew, and I needed better competition, so that's why I moved to Memphis. Like, I, I packed a backpack and moved to Vegas and went and trained at Randy Couture School for a year and a half. You know, when I decided I was going to be a real fighter, that's when I started my amateur career. Like, I'd moved home from Colorado after I did my three or four years spent in Colorado with the fighting and everything. I moved back home to Missouri, became a cheerleader for a year at college, and uh, was doing fighting on the side there in Missouri and training, and uh, just decided college wasn't for me. I, Man, you've lived a fucking life. <laughs> and, and, uh, Vegas, Colorado, Missouri. How did you become a cheerleader? Accident. I went to cheerleading practice to meet some girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'd just gotten back from Colorado, and uh, it was a it was a summer before school started, and uh, I was staying on a buddy's couch of mine, mm-hmm. or a buddy of mine's couch and uh he was a cheerleader in college mm-hmm. and uh he's like William won't you come up to practice and meet some girls and stuff like that so I was I got up off the couch and got dressed and went to practice and I was over shooting baskets and because the, they were in the gym I was just fucking around till they got done and they were doing these pyramids where they stack people up on top of each other and they was doing a uh, what was called a tabletop so they they had these two girls staying here one in front and then one girl, they they throw the girls up on their shoulders. So there's two girls like this, and then there's one girl standing up, and she's like leaned over, so she makes like a tabletop. And there's two of those, and then they throw a girl up, and they stand on her back while she's while they're bent over like this. Yeah. And when they threw the girl up, they asked me to come over and spot. Like, hey, if somebody starts to fall, just try to catch them. And uh, so they threw the girl up on top of them, standing on the side. The girl kind of like kicks her foot into one girl. So the one girl falls off on my shoulder as I catch her. And then the girl that's on the very top is falling down. I grab her. So I've got two girls on my shoulders. I catch Damn. two of them like this. And the coach came up to me. She's like, I can't teach that. But, and I don't have people that will stand there and catch my girls. And that's the most important thing of all this. You don't have to cheer. You don't have to do all the rah-rah stuff if you'll just catch my girls. So the first part of the season, I was just kind of standing around, just like I wouldn't really cheer or nothing like that. But then mm-hmm. I started stunting. I was doing like toss hands with these girls, and I'd throw them up and hold them up. And like it was kind of cool, you know, put my hand in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely, I was definitely the guy who was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was always looking up yeah, for balance. Yeah. Balance, balance, balance. How tough is that? Dude, it's fucking tough. Yeah, those guys are going to be strong as fuck, man. Like, that's not a lot of core strength, I would imagine. It's involved, a lot you know? of core strength, but it's a lot of the girl. Oh, really? The girl being stiff uh-huh. or being hollow is what we called it. Yeah. You know, so, like, she would be, like, so, like, when you go to do, like, you toss a girl up, you put your hands on her hips, and she does, like, a little jump, and you follow her down, you squat underneath her, and you push up, and you're driving, and you want to flick your wrists up like that. And as you're doing that, she's, like, trying to, like, take her pants off. Mm. That's why cheerleaders are so good about taking the pants off. 
Is that <laughs> just a joke? I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone's been like, that fucking asshole. Yeah. So like they're kind of standing up like this, and they, you know, you got them like this, and they're pushing and they're shoving down and they're jumping too. So and then they go hollow and they go up and real stiff. Yeah. And then you're just trying to get. You're flicking up and you're squatting down and you're just trying to catch underneath their heels and follow them back up. So that way you're not catching them on the way down to where it's heavy. Uh-huh. You catch them on the way up. So you're just following the weight up. Ah. And then you just lock your arms. And then it's like doing a stiff arm. And I can stiff arm a 125 pound girl. Wow. You know what I mean? So I can get some big girls up there. <laughs> How, you say you did that for a year? Yeah, I did it for one, one year. Damn. And I made the team for the next year, but. I just didn't go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I watch, I see them like on the sidelines and shit at games and stuff. And like, you got the, on TikTok, especially with these girls doing those routines, the guy just going and holding like with one hand and shit. I'm like, God damn. If you surf through some of my old Facebook pictures, you'll see me in cheerleading uniform. I have to find girls, these now. Holding some girls up and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, like, what I did part time when, when I was in Vegas and I worked at a cheer gym while I was training out there. Like coaching like little girls yeah. on how to be hollow and stuff because I, you know, after a year I kind of knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I could throw the big girls up so I could let them get used to it and they wouldn't fall. Like you know, that's my only claim to fame is I never dropped a girl in cheerleading. You <laughs> wow. know, what I mean? like guys drop girls all the time, and you know, it's one of the most catastrophic. It, it's at the time my coach told me cheerleading is the most catastrophic injury that you can get in any sport because when they when it goes bad in cheerleading, it goes real bad. You know, like you get concussions and stuff in football and bad things happen. Mm -hmm. But like, if you have a mess up in cheerleading, it's bad, bad. I've seen a pyramid fall before. And like, you know how like at universal and stuff, like the big cheer competitions, they have like the people that aren't on the team, like spotters and stuff all over. A spotter missed one girl when she was coming from the top, you know? Mm. But, I mean, he he tried. He wasn't like he just wasn't paying attention. He fucking paid, was paying attention, and she just goes, boom. Her, her whole body just goes. Well, do you remember? Uh, like, fuck. What was it? It was probably about 10 years ago, NCAA finals. Like, during March Madness, they was throwing a girl up, and she fucking, she got get, had to get carried out on a back brace. Damn. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's dangerous as fuck, man. Head, like, yeah. if you get hurt, like you said, if you get hurt, you fucking hurt. hurt. Right, right. And, Dude, I just the trust that these girls put in those guys. You know what I mean? Like I, I, the girls that I have on my team, I'm still in contact with from you know on Facebook and stuff like that. We don't talk all the time, but you know, my 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 true training partner Amanda Ranji. She's well, she's got a different last name now, and I don't remember. I feel bad. Hopefully, she doesn't listen to hate me for it. But. uh <laughs> But Amanda Ranji, she, uh, I think she trusts me with her life because she did for so long. Like, I'd throw this girl up, and we'd do crazy things. I'd throw her into a full, just spins and turns, and she'd just go up there and fall. And I told her to fall, and she just, <laughs> trust, man. The trust that these girls have. Yeah. Or that you got to have in these people. It's fucking yeah, I would imagine somebody throwing you up in the air, like, please catch me. Bubblelicious. I'm telling you, you're gonna like that. I'm gonna try it. I just I didn't realize you haven't drank it yet. I thought that's what you've been drinking I, this whole time. <laughs> I don't ever drink. I Dr. Pepper, man. Is, no, that's right. I'm no a, water, Dr. Pepper only. Dr. Pepper. 
I saw this thing one time. This lady's like, I'm 90 something years old. And she's like, the key to it has been Dr. Pepper. Yeah. My doctor told me quit drinking it and they're both dead. <laughs> yeah. It's a real video. Yeah. Yeah. I, I plan on being that person. It's some uh, magic juice. So when you're in the military, how do they weed out people that aren't mentally there or do they make people mentally there? I don't think they do anymore. I think uh, from my understanding is it's gotten a lot softer, you know, like, cause they were starting to implement stress cards and stuff like that. I don't think that they, I don't know, man. Like there's, there's people that just can't hack it mm-hmm. and they chapter out like they don't, they don't meet the requirements or they get fat boy scaled or, you know, there's a bunch of ways to get out. There's a bunch of waivers to get out. Sometimes you just got to jump through hoops and hope that it doesn't fuck you in your career. Yeah. Like later on, um, by getting like, depends on what kind of discharge you get. You know, you don't want to get a dishonorable, you know, general or honorable conditions is what you want when you leave the army. Because then it looks just like an honorable condition so oh, okay. all the way through. Even if you get a general, mm-hmm. it doesn't show up as you did anything bad. You just got a general discharge yeah. for whatever reason. So, And then there's medical discharges and stuff like that. I'd say probably injuries is what keep most good soldiers out. Uh-huh. Um, but there's, you know, there's things that break you and stuff like that. And you can get out. Like, I, you know, I lived with a mental guy. <laughs> Uh, at my duty station that was trying everything in, in his power to get out, but they wouldn't let him out because they're like, no, nah, you, you're here, you signed up, you're mentally capable of doing yeah. it. They just don't give him some jobs because they know he ain't going to do it. They just work around him. And he was constantly put on like extra duty and shit like that to make his life hell. So, Did he finally get to the point where he's like okay with it or he just always was just a fuck up? He was just always a fuck up. Oh. Yeah, he was... I, I saw they made the test, like the PT test for the army. I saw they made it e- way easier now because, you know, recruitment is way down apparently. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I would be a tough sell to go to the army now. And I, you know, I'd fight for m- my country any day, but this country isn't what it used to be, man. It's, it's rough. You know, now I'm under the assumption or under the I'm under the opinion that I'll fight for my family and my friends. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get into politics much. Yeah. I don't give a fuck because it doesn't. The only thing that affects me on is prices. Mm. You know what I mean? And until it come, I'm, I'm one of those people until it comes to my doorstep type of dudes. I'm, I'm not going to fucking stress it out because I could stress out about everything if I wanted to. You know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of stuff to stress out about. I just, as long as my kids are good, I'm good. Yeah. What do you think needs to happen for people to be more mentally strong and break a mental weakness? I think you have to be put yourself in adversity. I think being put in those situations is what makes you stronger. Like, you know, taking those L's. You know, like nobody takes an L anymore, you know, takes takes the losses like they should. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, you know, I took my losses and, and, and made them my own as, as a learning experience. You know what I mean? Like, but people can't they don't take the L's now. You know, they get a they get a trophy for for getting an L. Like mm-hmm. it's not a you know, hardships are, are what make you what you are. Yeah. I believe. You know, what I mean the tougher times you had, the the more time and if it doesn't break you, if it ain't too tough, you know, 
I think it do you a lot of good, but then, you know, there's times that it goes too far, and it, I guess it mentally breaks people, too, you know. Do you see a lot of that in fighters? Whether just not, like, mentally there? Like, right, say, like, right. they're, like... Yeah. yeah, I see a lot of people that's, like, like Jalil Willis. I've seen him not there mentally before. Uh-huh. This last fight, did you see his last battle? Yeah. He was fucking there. You know what I mean? Like, when you don't have shit going going right in the right aspect, like, you know, as I like to fight when I was fucked up, you know, because I, I didn't have cares in the world. Like, it made me, it didn't mean that I'd lost focus on, on how I fought, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just my outside life was kind of hectic, so it made me, like, just dive more into that because it made me feel free. It made me feel good. Um. But yeah, that I've seen a lot of people get out there and they just they don't look near as good as they do in the gym. Like some people just can't fight on a show. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the people get to them, like they think about too much of it. You know, I know a lot of badass motherfuckers that that I couldn't whoop that like spur of the moment they can't fight as well. You know, it's vice versa. Like, maybe they don't, they need to warm up. You know, they're only good fighters if they get mentally prepared for it. And then I know fighters that do better if they if they just go and fight. Like, short mm-hmm. notice fights. Like, you know, and it's, I guess the biggest aspect, you know, like, street fighting and, and cage fighting. You know, the toughest part for me was, is like, I'm always ready to go. Mm-hmm. I like, the security-wise, like, I don't need to stretch. I, you know, it's like, it's kind of funny. Like, I go in the gym and it's like, we start to spar, I go... All right, let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where everybody else has like got a 20-minute warm-up and yeah. stuff like that. You know, I just never did that. It wasn't me. You know, I was always, I'm always ready to go if it if it needs to go because the security and just life, life, how life has treated me. You know, just I fought a lot. And, uh, but some people that you know that was that was one thing like that's why I joke so much in the back and try to not think about the fight itself because of, it's time to fight it's time to fight mm. you know what I mean like I'm a, you know the walk into the cage thing and stuff like that that was me walking down the hallway to the locker to the bathroom you know where we fought in school yeah you know that's that's how I kind of picture it going to the tracks you know after school you know that's your walkout that's your you know, but when it's time to go, it's time to go. Like Michael Kelly used to kill me with his long intros. <laughs> <laughs> man, I was like, come on, man. Just, you know, I'm just trying to relax because, like, when it when it's fight time, you get a hundred percent of what I got. Mm-hmm. You know, I I ain't got a hundred and ten percent. There's a hundred percent of what I got while I got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? When I get to eighty percent, you're getting a hundred percent of that eighty percent, and that's why I finished fights. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or got finished. You know what I mean? I didn't win them all. But, you know, I had one fight go to the second round, and it was only seven seconds into the second round. And the whole time I ever fought. Wow. I don't know. I I don't really know what the second round feels like. Yeah, like sometimes I'll go back and watch. Like this is when Nick used to upload the fights to YouTube and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I go watch like one whatever I miss or something. And like it's like I just skipped like six minutes uh, of y'all walking out and intros before the fight actually starts. I'm like, right, God damn, right. man! No wonder this thing is seven hours long. Like, and yeah. and yeah, and like uh, you know, like that Ben Parrish fight. It was those intros were real long because it was a big night. Yeah, you know? 
he was Michael Kelly was on one. It was it was good. It was a good night. He, I mean, his intros are great. Don't get me wrong. Like I loved his intro. It was, it was one of the best I've ever had. Um, but yeah, it was long. <laughs> you know, when you're ready to fight, you're ready. You know, it's like it's like come on, man, just fighting out of Memphis. Let's go through. Let's go through yeah. it. Can you say this afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> so, do you had no nerves at all when you were in the ring? No, like not at all. I was nervous at like on the fight that I was going to propose to the girl. Okay. Because like my opponent had changed three times that day. Uh huh. And uh, and I wasn't nervous about the fight. But I was, I know how I fight. And I was like, if you catch me, you know, I, I understand the game. Yeah. Can get, anybody can get caught. You know what I mean? I'm very much, like, just because you got caught that day doesn't mean that he's a better man. Yeah. He just was that day. He mm-hmm. caught you. So, and you don't know how the fight's going to turn out. And with it switching up three people that day, you know, it, that one probably was in my nerves the most. Um. The Ben Parrish fight, I don't really mean remember being I think I overlooked Ben Parrish mm-hmm. a little bit. I thought I already knew how I was gonna beat him. I thought my body shots would have more effect on him. But they didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. like damn. Well, you know, he was a really big guy. Yeah, he was a big know, dude. Like he lost he, a he, he fought, yeah, he lost a lost a shit. Well, we fought at eighty five, I think it was. Or we might have fought at two hundred or one ninety or something. We might have done a catch weight because it was my first fight back. Um, and he was coming down in weight because I know he was fighting light heavy mostly. But uh, when I would hit him in the gut, the the loose skin, like I couldn't get any anything good into it. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like so like there was a time like because I came out and I faked the shot and I clipped him and knocked him down. I thought it was over right then. Yeah. And – he came up and kind of grabbed my leg because I hesitated. Like, I thought Herb was going to step in because that was the night Herb Dean was there. I thought he was going to stop it because it was an mm. amateur fight. You know, just knocked flat, you know, it crippled him. But he kind of fought back up. Man, he fought his ass off. And we ended up coming back up to the feet. And I started hitting him in the body up against the cage. And I was like, man, this shit doesn't feel right. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not catching nothing. Like, it was just like kind of like not not connecting like how I wanted it. And then like, and because he wasn't even like flinching. Yeah, you're not and getting like, that. You're not getting that. Right. The that, contact. That thud. You yeah. Know what I mean? And he wasn't like I could tell it wasn't bothering him, and I was just fucking wasting energy. And uh, so I moved up to his lat where he didn't have no skin, and I got one good punch in there, and then that's when he rotated and moved because he didn't like that punch. And I was like, okay, that's where the sweet spot is. <laughs> but like, none of my knees were really doing. Like I couldn't. They would just kind of slide off. Mm, you know, yeah. he had this protection. And boy, his knees were fucking coming in deep. He caught me with a flying knee to the gut. What bad. what do you guys what 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 do you guys think about fighters that come with an excuse after they lose? Like, oh, you know, I had this injury or this or that. I mean Should they have pulled out? Or should it or are they using that now as the reason they lost? I think all of a everybody sudden? wants to save face. Yeah. A little bit, you know what I mean? Like, have a reason why they weren't. I never fought 100%. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't been 100% since I started fighting. Like, anything that's old is reoccurring, and you don't take time off, and it's it's constantly annoying, agonizing pain. But, you know, I never 
I don't remember ever saying anything about an injury. And, yeah. And, and, you know, but I might not have ever been even put in that situation, you know, where they're talking to me after the loss of like, why did you lose or blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe in some interviews later on or something like that. Like, yeah, I had this persisting or, you know, but. I think it's I think it's a way to save face a little bit to have an excuse of why you could come back and fight that fight again. Like, well, maybe mm. if this was better, you know, because yeah, I think it's just a way to save face. <laughs> so, how do you prepare for for somebody that's an amateur? Like, I understand like a pro, there's like footage of them or whatever you mm-hmm. could study tape. But how do you prepare for somebody that you don't know? See that that's the way we did in the old days. We just went and fought. We just brought our best version of ourselves, mm-hmm. And if your best version could be my best version, then you were the best version that day. Um, but now there's a lot of footage out there, even amateur footage. Um, as an amateur, you just, you want to make sure that they're comfortable in any situation. Like we try to make our, like if it's going to be your first fight, you're not going to be totally lost if somebody takes you to the ground. In case you go against one of these jujitsu guys that it's his first fight. You know, try to be someplace where you're comfortable, okay. where you feel confident. And we spar all the time. So they've been in fights. You know what I mean? They just, we don't throw quite as hard. But we, when it's getting a little bit closer to time, like we throw it a little, we throw a little uh, more power and stuff like that. You know, like about two, three weeks out, you know, you're going to get a little bit harder punches from your sparring partners. You know, not nothing to, we're not trying to hurt each other because, but we got to know that you can fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and we figure that out. You know, there's most fighters, unless they come to us and they've already had a fighting career, mm-hmm. you know, we don't put a stipulation on it. But like, usually if you're brand new and you're just starting out, you know, it's going to be about a year before you can look to see ring time. Now, if you were a fucking all state wrestler and fucking stud at it and stuff like that, you might only have six months because you know, I teach you how to be safe out of submissions and you use your wrestling and you get a little bit of stand up to get to your wrestling, you might be able to go fight a little faster. Yeah. But, you know, or you're a phenomenal stand up guy and you just need to, you know, you've been doing Muay Thai your whole life and you know, so there's stipulations, but usually you need about a good year to two years of training. If you ain't never done nothing, I'd say two years. Mm. Especially because now there's fucking kids that have grown up doing this shit. Yeah. They've done it longer than I have almost. You know what I mean? They've got just as much time in the game and they're 20 years old. Yeah. Like Arlington has a youth program, you know, Uh, wrestling obviously, but like you got to think these kids are eight, nine getting all this great discipline going and stuff, you know, I took my four year. Well, not my four year old, but the four year old, Mm -hmm. I'm his uncle. We took him over. To the Arlington wrestling program. Yeah. Had him do a couple when he was four. We just didn't have time. Like with our schedules and stuff, we didn't get time to keep up with it. But he was wrestling. At, they, they, I mean, they got kids doing it at four years old. Do you four want your kids to fight? No. I mean, Do you man, want them to at least train, though? I do want them to train. Um, they don't have to fight. I want them to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if that's what they want to do, I, you know, hopefully... I took all the bumps so they didn't have to take mm. very many bumps and they can learn from my bumps. Yeah. You know, just like my dad took his bumps so I could learn from his. Um, Cannon, you know, my son, he's going to be a basketball player. He, that's what his dream is. I want him to follow his dream. I hope he makes it. Um, we support him full 100% with getting private coaching, do, you know, more, 
more than I ever had growing up because we didn't have private coaching. You know what I mean? It just yeah. wasn't – it was a different time growing up. Like, I wished I'd have had put into me what I put into my kids or what we put into the kids. You know what I mean? Like, we just want them to do what they want to do. The I little saw one might, something the other day. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I said the little one might fight, though. The, the five-year-old, he's, he's feral. And what he you, likes to fight. What What do you think of like with all this extra stuff that's going on? Like all this extra coaching to you know to not tutoring. I'm sorry, not tutoring, but like you know the exposure the kids are getting. Where the where not saying you guys, you know, but like other these you psycho parents, you know, like mm-hmm. they want to live their life through their kid, like on the right, football right, field right. and shit. Where they got all this extra, like the I always see those kids like when you watch I see a video of them from like later on they have, they've you know they don't play football anymore they don't play basketball anymore because right. their parents fucking shoved it down their throat so long right right and it, see that's the kind of thing like like my son for instance mm-hmm. like we made him do every sport we made him try baseball the only thing he didn't try was soccer um cuz he doesn't like to run <laughs> <laughs> he he was not much of a runner you yeah. know he, he was real tall and like basketball is what he probably should play because i mean he's 11 and he's up to my chin oh wow right now you know what i mean um he's projected to be like 6'10 or something like that is damn so Duncan. hopefully hopefully that happens you know what i mean 6'8 yeah. to 6'10 is what we're looking for um and and he you know being 6'8 6'10 you have a legitimate shot to play Basketball, uh-huh. e- either in the NBA or in a foreign country for some good money. Um, and, and maybe go to college for it. You know what I mean? So, like, anything that he can do, like, I, I probably should have stayed in college. I had a full ride on cheerleading. But uh, I had different dreams, and just school wasn't for me. I But it definitely would have opened up a lot of opportunities, especially with it being paid for like that. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have had student loans or – or any of that crap, so I don't have any of the negative stuff that comes with college. Mm-hmm. You know, the student loan thing, I don't I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing, not unless you're going to be a doctor or something like that to where you can that's what you need for, yeah. You know, like a business degree. If I was you know, but I was going like when I was going to college, I was gonna be a PE teacher. You know what I mean? I was like, like I don't know what to do with my life. I guess go be a coach. So like I was taking classes to be a a, a high school coach, you know, a PE teacher or something. Cause I really didn't fucking know what to do with my life. You know what I mean? Like I was fighting on the side, but yeah. I'd gotten out of the military. I was holding, serving jobs and doing that. And I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. And then I said, fuck it. I'm going to do this fighting thing. And that's when I packed the backpack and moved to Vegas. Yeah. The thing I saw, it says everything you learn late, teach your children early. Right. Right. That's a good one. Cause I think that is so true. Cause like a lot of times people, don't know when they're growing up. And it's like, if you have a kid, you give them a head start on right. something you didn't learn. Right. Right. And then your kid thinks they know it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like I did with my dad, you know, it, it's just a vicious circle. It keeps, <laughs> keeps circling around. You know? Well, the thing about parents is they're fucked up by their parents. And then that fucks us up. So it's like at some point there has to be some self-reflection and you right. gotta be like, I want to course correct this. And then, and then you got the the kids that were raised by their grandparents that they've already raised their kids and they just don't care no more. Yeah. And those those are the wild ones. Those are the ones that like they didn't actually get raised. You know, I'm not saying that all grandparents raise raise their kids kids bad. Yeah. But my parents aren't capable of raising my kids because 
they're too nice. Mm-hmm. They're grandparents. They don't raise their kids. They don't did all that. It's not, you know, they, they still teach manners and stuff like that. You got to be good, but, you know, they're not there to raise kids. They're there to spoil them. You know what I mean? Would you say you're a better, better father now at your current age than when you first had your kids? Yes. I mean, you you grow yeah. with wisdom and, uh, you know, going through it. Like like I said, we got we got another one coming into the family soon, you know, so it's not the only the only thing that worries me about that is I'm going to be like 60 when, <laughs> when she gets, you know, 18. So I'm hoping one of these boys turn out to be a fighter. Yeah. Because I don't know how good I'm going to be at 60. You know, it's like, now I need somebody to come in and protect the family and, you know, take care of me because I might have made a few enemies. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just hope I outlive all them. It's like there's going to be a new leader of the pack, you know. Right, right. You know, the strength it, of the pack is going to just shift right, to the right, kids you know, eventually. Exactly. You know, there's got to become a, you know, a new alpha male. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's got to be a new lion. Was there ever a time, well, I'm, I'm sure there was, but how often were you concerned about your life when you were working on Bill Street? Uh, like, was there ever in a, something I mean, that there happened? Was di- yeah, I like, mean, there was oh, gunshots. Yeah, there was, I mean, people fired shots and stuff like that. Um, he just fired it up in the air. Um, there's been a... Mm, I had a bum pull a knife out one night. One guy. I mean, there's always a sense of awareness. Like... The army taught me to have a sense of awareness. Mm-hmm. So I am, and I live in Memphis. So, and Memphis has taught me a sense <laughs> of awareness. You know, I have never once, I have never once been approached or been trying to rob, somebody's tried to rob me in Memphis. Yeah. Never any instance. But I'm not stuck in this thing when I'm walking mm. on the fucking road. I don't make myself a target. Constantly aware of my surroundings. Yeah. Because they prey on, you know, bad people prey on weak people. You know what I mean? Or, or easy targets. They mm-hmm. don't want trouble. You know what I mean? They just want to get what they need to get and get out and not get caught. Yeah. You know, not unless it's, I don't know how true it is, but the gang initiation thing where they, they you got to go kill somebody to be in our gang. or whatever. Mm-hmm. If somebody's just going to come kill you, you can't defend against that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like somebody just comes up and starts shooting up your car. I mean, unless the only way you're surviving that is they're a bad shot. Mm-hmm. And they were so nervous that they couldn't get the gun on you. Yeah. But if they're they're coming up to kill you, you know what I mean? You can't do much about it. If they're going to shoot. If their plan is to kill you and rob you, you're dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you can't, can't stop it. You don't have a chance to stop it. Well, it's just like that thing that happened when that kid was driving around and he walked into the auto zone and shot that guy. You can't. You can't that guy it. had nothing. He had no time to react at all to it because yeah. he was this random act of violence. It's not like a fucking duel where it's like one, two, three, let's go. Yeah. The, the only chance, like that guy was dead no matter what. The only chance that you have is you hope that somebody else was carrying and yeah. shot the guy on the way out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I don't know. I don't carry, I don't carry. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm don't want to shoot somebody. <laughs> What do you think needs to happen in our city to get it back to where all these kids aren't doing this fuck shit that they're doing? Man, I wish I knew that answer. Do you think they need to get into like programs that you teach? Do you think that would help? 
I, it would be great if it could get like that on a whole. I, I, because don't you think they're looking for a family? Like, I think these kids are lost. They're probably looking I, they're, for somebody. They're definitely lost. Um, they haven't been raised, or they've been raised by bad influences and yeah. been told one way. And it's not even the way those people believe. Like, if you get to talk to them sometimes, like, you know, like it's just how life happened and this is the role that they got dealt mm-hmm. and they kind of fell into it and like the gang life and stuff like that. Like, you know, I met some of those people when I was in the army and they got, they went to the army to get away from that life. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to make that choice of, man, I just, I'm better than this. I, I've got to get out of this situation. You know, I didn't want to live like how my, I, I wanted to get out of the situation I was in growing up. You know, I lived in, in the back of a store with my parents in a two room kind of thing that we shared a a bathroom for a little bit that, you know, we had to kind of shower, like do like bird baths and stuff like that. Part of my senior year. And I just never wanted to be, be lost. And the military was a great option because it was like of growing up. Like, even better than college because, like, you got paid and you had this roof over your head no matter what. You was always going to get fed by by the military. So it was a great stepping stone on learning how to conquer life while you still had some amen- some some extras. You know, you mm-hmm. know. Amenities. You, you did, yeah, some amenities, yeah. yeah. You, you always had a roof over your head. You always had food mm-hmm. while you was in. You know what I mean? You had to go during the hours that it was open, but there was there was three meals a day. You know, and they did breakfast from like 6 a.m. to to 9 a.m. And then they did lunch from like 11 to 1. You know what I mean? So like you had time to get there and stuff like that. Um, then they'd do a dinner too. But uh, it was a great stepping stone. It, it did me a lot of good because like, you know, my family kind of, we didn't have money, so I didn't know how to manage money. Mm. So I had a problem when I got money in the military that I'd spend a lot of it, but I had to learn. And then I ended up living off post and stuff. Like I wanted to get a place off post. So I had to learn how to manage my money like that. But when I lost my place off post, I still had this barracks room I could come to. Mm. You know what I mean? When I got kicked out of my first apartment. So it was, it was kind of this crutch because I, you know, like I'd overspent like, but I still had this ability to like fall back on that makes sense. I think Carl kind of talked about that. We had a guy named Carl on here and he was saying, I think when he got out of the military, it was kind of hard for him to adapt because everything was taken care of for him. Right. Right. You know, so then you have to figure out how am I going to pay rent? Cause you know, you didn't pay rent before you didn't pay for your food unless it was like food that you ate out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you always had this free meal. So then you had to concentrate on, okay, I got to eat next week. So, I got to save some of this money. Mm -hmm. You know, it is definitely, there's definitely, uh, but the military gives you classes and stuff like that on, but who wants to go? I went to the military, so I didn't have to go to class. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I didn't go to those, I slept in those classes. I didn't even think about this one. Like one of the things the military provides while you're in is medical. Healthcare. Yeah. Yeah, You you know, know, I didn't even think about that. In which, you know, I'm covered by the VA. I can Mm -hmm. go to the VA and do all that crap. But that is such a hassle that I don't think I've been to the doctor since my hand. <laughs> so what is the deal, man? Like, they take care of you all while you're in there. And then once you get out, it just seems like you're forgotten. 
there's a lot of good people. Uh, I know there's people out there that don't forget us. But I mean, I'm talking about like the politicians that are like will not vote on a bill, but they supposedly love the military and love America. It's like, why aren't you taking care of these people that are protecting us? Right. I mean, you know, that's why I don't really follow politics because it only disgusts me. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. You know what I mean? Like if I just keep it out of my brain, like, like that fucking joke of what we got run. You know what I mean? Like, and it, and even Trump had his problems. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Trump was a good president in my opinion. If he'd stay the fuck off social media, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he just, he made people hate him. And yeah. I think people hated him so bad that they didn't look at the good things that he did. And, and he wasn't going to win. And I don't know if he can win if, if he runs, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people think that, you know, the, the Twitter thing is coming out with the voter fraud and all that. And, and he might've won the election. I don't know. You know what I mean? I only hear cause it's fucking in my stupid Facebook feed. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I got to fucking be polluted with the shit a little bit, but I get on Facebook to see pictures of, of people's kids, you know, like anytime I'm scrolling, if I see you and your kid or see a picture of your kid, that's what I like. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not in it for anything else. Like I hate, the negativity just brings me down, man. I wonder when was the shift of that? Like, because I remember social media used to just be like pictures and fun, like you're talking about, right. and, and then all used of a sudden only, became political. There used to only be a like button, too. Yeah. And then when that like button came up, I was like, oh, you disagree with stuff. You know, I got banned. I'm on a shadow ban right now where, like, my stuff doesn't come up in people's feeds. Like, I can still post. I was, I was not able to post for a few days, uh-huh. like 48 hours or something like that. But now it's like, for a month, like my post will be in lower it in people's feeds. And it says that on my Facebook page, but it's because it was Mallory's birthday. And I posted a picture of her and I said, thank you for happy birthday. And thank you for all the years of me not kicking people's asses and stuff. And they flagged me and banned me for that. Dude, it's so ridiculous, man. And they I need see to fucking have... people getting <sighs> shot on Facebook. Yeah. Like video. I'm like, how is this not banned? But I get banned for, Saying thanks for me not choking nobody's life, you know, or me slapping the shit out of people or something like that. I can bring up the post. The whole know. Facebook Live thing, there needs to be like a, a dump filter. Like if something violent, but when someone's recording, like going live and it's violent, there should be an automatic kill switch, like from Facebook or something, well, like a bot or something. How me saying that I'm going to smack the shit out of somebody, get me banned, but I got a whole video out there with 26 million views of me smacking the shit out of somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, that just that, goes to show can, you it's an algorithm. It's not like a person that's actually doing it because it's their AI that sees these keywords. Right, right. So, you know. like, give me a list of those keywords so I can fucking. <laughs> phone, like, or at least tell you before you post it. Hey, yeah. this is gonna be. This could this could be banned for violence. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and then it'll be okay. I'm not gonna use that word, or I'll put like an asterisk in there or yeah, something. Yeah, get away with it. Yeah. So what was in what inside you made you like? I want to get out of this town because I'm sure you do. You still know people that live when you first went to college or high school are still there. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's small town. Like it gets you trapped kind of thing. And I didn't want to be trapped working in a flea market because mm. that was my, that was my outlook. That was what my dad did. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, we ran a store and did all that and we'd done the junk business for my whole life pretty much. Well, my dad was a cop before that, but, you know, he found out that selling stuff for himself wholesale is making him a little bit more money. And there's good money in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There, he, there, there became a time that my family got 
decently well off. You know what I mean? But the grind to get there was pretty tough, and I lived through that grind and was going and setting up at flea markets on the weekend, take tables and put out merchandise, you know. And so I was working in stores like that, like at junior high, you know, teenage years and stuff. So I just got so burnt out on it, and I wasn't the uh, most popular kid in school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for the more wealthy kids, the the jocks, you know, the school board. They 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 had their own clique, and uh, I was on the outskirts of that clique because I was a jock. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I was a sports player, but I wasn't a preppy sports player because I lived in a store and mm. you know and people made fun of me and stuff like that. And it was bullied and a little bit, but that's, you know, that's a lot of what made me who I was. That's why I got in a lot of fights because people talk shit and I'd fight them, you know, but you can go back home and, and mention my name. And, you know, my brother didn't have a hard time growing up there, <laughs> you know, cause he was an Aldridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't fuck with Aldridge's cause he could fucking fight. You know, me and me and my one good friend, we used to go out there and fight. We'd run off the school property get right off school property where the buses go by, like when I ended up living in the city. And uh, we get right off school grounds and me and him a fist fight. My best friend, just because we like to fight. You know, we we just fight and wrestle. <laughs> but we were doing it to put on a show for the kids going on the buses. Oh, shit. So they'd see us fighting and we'd just be like, <laughs> the buses got by. We, we fought till the buses got through. There's about like 10, 15 buses that go because, you know, they had to spread kids out all over the county. And... Once the buses got through, they'd be like, we can finish walking home. <laughs> <laughs> Shit was crazy, man. Like, my name was TJ Berger, man. We had a good time. Oh, man. Wow. But, yeah. That's fucking wild, man. <laughs> you just fight your buddy over. <laughs> There's, you know, where I come from, there wasn't nothing to do but drink beer and fight. Oh, shit. You know, or be a fucking uh, cowboy. Now, would <laughs> young you think where you're at now, be where you're at. I like as far as when you were young, did you think you'd be where you're at today? No, I thought I'd be dead. Really? Yeah, I mean, there was. Uh, I worked in a lot of shitty nightclubs in different different places too. Uh-huh. Like when I was in Colorado, I worked in some some risque clubs. Um, in which in Colorado Springs, it was a big melting pot because you have so many military cities and people get out, and mm. so. You know, it had its own own problems. Um, there were some dangerous clubs there, and then, you know, Bill Street wasn't safe. It was safer than a lot of places, but uh, there towards the end, it, it got to where it was like, yeah, let me get on out of here before something gets done. Either I make a mistake or somebody makes a mistake. Yeah. You know, so. But, yeah, I, I mean – I, I never thought I'd be a fighter growing up. Like, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. My dad was a pro wrestler when he was young, but he never would show me the stuff. Like, we watched pro wrestling stuff. He's like, but he was kind of beat up from taking all the bumps and stuff like that. Mm. And so he was like, no, son, it's not safe. Like, he, you know, that was one of the things that he never let me do because of how fucked up he'd made his body from taking all those bumps. And, uh, but that was probably, that's, that's probably the outlook that I had on my life. I wanted to be a wrestler, you know, cause it was fighting before fighting was before MMA was MMA. You thought wrestling was real, mm-hmm. 
And that's what it was. You know, I wanted to go do that type of stuff. Um, so it's not totally out of the realm of where I was thinking I was going to be. You know what I mean? But uh, it's not in the same realm. Once once I figured out wrestling was fake and stuff, you know, it's like. <laughs> but I've always like wanted to do pro wrestling. I, I still do. You know, I don't know if I could take the bumps like I'm like I need to. I'd, and I'm not big enough to look intimidating and not have to take the bumps. So I'd, I'd have a hard role to play. Well, apparently, <laughs> from what Mark said, if you're a good talker, that can make up for I guess like physical attributes sometimes. Yeah, I was always a better physical guy than I yeah. am. Like that's why I was good at fighting. Yeah. You only got so good. I only talk so much, and then I got to fight. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Hulk Hogan did an interview. This is from a long time ago, but he was talking about his, you know, his rivalry with uh, Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. And he would say in this interview, I watched the, this yesterday morning. He said that um, Warrior didn't have the the fight in him. He had the talk, like he could pump up everybody. But when it came to actually doing the doing match, the yeah, doing, doing the, the match, a, yeah. he wanted to go out like on WrestleMania, one of the WrestleManias, the, the main event, number three, I think it was. He said that he wanted to end the match in like five minutes. He's like, dude, go ahead and end it. I forget what the actual word is called. And he said, you know, and Hulk Hogan was like, no, man, we got 95,000 people. You got to give him a show. Yeah. He's like, we got to give him 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, I, you know, I never was like that in a fight, though. I was like, fuck them, they get in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not here to put on a show. Yeah. Like, you know, and but that's something that we kind of teach now. You know, like, like, hey, man, get out there and show what you got. Like, make yourself more marketable. But it wasn't about, you know, I just want to fucking win. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't give a fuck about anything else. I just want to go out and fight and win. Well, like in pro wrestling, like you're selling the, yourself, you're selling the story, right? Right, right? right. And like what Hogan was saying was like, you can't just go out there, do some little bullshit, and I'm going to leg drop you and that's it. Yeah, not you know? unless you're like Goldberg, like the yeah. Goldberg deal that they did, like all his, all his the shit. Spear, like, yeah, boom, the spear, boom. The spear, I'm going to fucking bite, <laughs> yeah, fucking that, drive you. Like, yeah. But you can only get him those kind of things if you're like this big intimidating looking people next yeah. to you, like Braun Strowman and stuff like that. You know, he can just, they gave the big show the one punch knockout. <laughs> You know that motherfucker hit anybody for real, like what they would do to their face. I would fuck him up because <laughs> like, like he's probably punching down at you first of all because he's so much taller than punching down at you, and his hand is bigger than your head. Like if if he punched you, it couldn't even cave in all the way. Like it wouldn't cave in and go around your hand. Like the whole thing would just smash. Wow. Mm. They, like you know, like if I punch that skull, like if I could punch into it, my hand would go inside of it. Yeah. Right? Like. His hand is big enough just to smash the whole thing. Like Straight a trash through. Compactor. You know, How bad were your hands after fights? Usually sore. I, I only broke them a couple times, like, but I didn't throw a lot of licks. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I would throw, um, like, how I fought was always to get it to the ground, kind of. So I would back you up, try to, I would come out and try to, take the center of the cage, and then I was a moving forward type of guy. So you had to be angling off, and I'm trying to walk. And the great thing about an octagon, you know, or, or the sides, like some of them are circle cages, so you don't really have that, like, little side that you can actually cut off. But the octagon, you can kind of cut them off in those little corners where the pads are and stuff. So uh, they couldn't just keep circling around the whole way like they could in other areas. But, uh, you know, I would throw a few punches to get in, and then I'm taking you down and like hammer fists aren't real bad for your hands. Like the first time I broke my hand was in eighth grade in a fight. Mm. 
in the gym at high school or in <laughs> junior high. Yeah. Got a, got into a fight over a game of basketball and uh, beat a kid around the gym. Ended up uh, getting a boxer's fracture. The, the uh, My mom hated the, the doctor because she's like, oh, yeah, that's common with boxers. Like when they were talking to me about it, and like, yeah. don't tell him that. <laughs> you know, he already fights all the time. Um, first time I got in trouble in school was kindergarten because I broke a kid's arm. Jesus, <laughs> how did that go down? <laughs> we were getting pushed in line and uh, got into an altercation with a kid. And, you know, I was watching pro wrestling at the time. So I grabbed his arm and did that whole twist thing mm. and took it behind his back. <laughs> And when I did, I fully, I really did. Oh, you did it for real? I did it for real. You know what I mean? I, I twirled it over my head and took it up to his back and up to his head. And when I did, it popped his arm. Oh. You know, just being a kid and not yeah. knowing any better and oh. mimicking what I saw on TV. And so my parents were called to school for that. What was your first fight? First. Like, first as fight? A, like a yeah, child? Just like as a kid. I guess that one. Maybe. That would that, be it. That, that I can remember. I'm, yeah. I'm sure I was a little scrappy before that. Like... But uh, that was my first fight. My first, uh, my first jumping was uh, third grade. You jumped somebody, or no, somebody no, no, jumped no. you? No, I got jumped by damn near everybody in the third grade, except uh-huh. four people. So I was in, uh, I was in Boy Scouts, right? And uh, the den dad or whatever he was wasn't there, and we used to walk up to this place after school. And that's where we wait. Well, he hadn't showed up yet. So we were being kids and we were wrestling, you know, like we were. And my buddy was getting turning purple. His kid had him down and he was getting worked on. They was kind of picking on him a little bit. He was a little bit bigger kid and he was getting advantage of him. So I kind of broke him up. I was like, no, he's had enough. And uh, the kid was kind of mad at me and he was popular. Mm-hmm. And I, so he decided to come running at me and, I don't even know how the fuck I did it. I think he was taking me down, but I ended up flipping him over me. Like when we was going to the ground, the motion kind of flipped us over. Yeah. And he hit his head on the concrete and split himself open. So we got in big, I got kicked out of Cub Scouts for that because we were fighting Damn. and blah, blah, blah. So it got around the school that I'd fucked up Sean Vickers, who was the popular kid. So a bunch of kids wanted to beat me up on the recess after lunch. So me and my, I had a cousin that lived there. Me and my best friend and my cousin and his best friend, you know, got told that we were going to get it on the dodgeball court. <laughs> or I got told I was going to get it on the dodgeball court after lunch. So we walked out to the dodgeball court. And here comes, <laughs> well, we had a time. I remember this one kid, like <laughs> the toughest kid in there, his name was Moses Malone. And he jumped in and he had me in a headlock. You know what I mean? Trying yeah. to punch me in the head, and I'm sitting there fighting people off. And I ended up picking him up and backdropping him like I saw in wrestling. Because <laughs> you were going back to wrestling. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where I kind of naturally always went. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'd throw a few punches, pick up somebody, and slam them. You know what I mean? Do that dive in. Like, I was just, it came natural to me. I never wrestled. We didn't have wrestling in high school. You know, being that small of a school, we had basketball, um, baseball, and cross country. Not even football? No, no, we didn't wow. have football. That's wild. So I never got to play football growing up. I played rugby while I was in the Army. Um, that's my only football experience. Now, did you ever fight anybody that you hated? 
or disliked. Maybe like in like growing up in school and stuff like that. Like, but never, never in the ring. I've never. Uh, it's just always been business. Now, once you fought somebody like outside the cage that you didn't like, did y'all become friends afterwards, or still was just beef? Generally, like you gain a respect for somebody after you fought them. Mm-hmm. Um, either a that because they tried, yeah, and you can respect them for trying, and they and they're not being an antagonist anymore, mm-hmm. or uh, or they kicked your ass and and you uh, you gain respect <laughs> like that. Uh, oh, you're gonna take that respect. Yeah, yeah. So I, I believe there's a and there's and there's been fights where we fought. And it's not really a winner. Uh huh. And you just kind of like, all right, I've had enough. You had enough. You know? Yeah. You kind of going about your way. And, and maybe you don't have those problems anymore. There was one guy uh, that kind of kept coming back. His name was Mike Kennard. And this was my senior year of high school. He uh, was out at this uh, bonfire party. And I was talking to this girl or something. And, uh, he started talking to her and she wasn't really interested in him and she was kind of trying to give him the cold shoulder, but he was trying too hard. And he, and Mike was a guy that had already graduated. He was like two years older than all of us, but he was Mm. still going to the high school parties, trying to pick up high school chicks and stuff like that. And, uh, we ended up fighting. I beat the fucking brakes (laughs) off this dude. (laughs) Beat the fucking brakes off of him. And, uh, like his ankle ended up getting broken. He looked like he'd been through a fucking meat grinder on his face. Damn. Like we were, he bit me and during the fight, I bit him back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was a fucking, like for a high school fight, this was a fucking like barroom brawl type fight. But I ended up beating him up pretty good. And uh, he waited till New Year's Eve and he snuck up on me, caught me from behind. I had to stand there and take a, I had to take a whooping. Mm. for a second until I could get back up. And he got, you know, he didn't kick me enough while I was down. I got back up and beat the fucking brakes off. <laughs> That's the worst. He got beat up once really bad by you. Then he started to cheat and win. He didn't win. Like Right, right. He, he sucker punched me from behind, and I ended up, because I was going to the truck because I didn't want no problems. I I saw him there, and I was like, I felt like something was going on. And so, like, me and my buddy, we were going, and his girl were going back to the truck because, like, it was kind of more his people. Than it was our people. We just kind of showed up, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, let's. This could end up bad. Let's get the fuck out of here." And so we was almost out. Motherfucker caught me from behind. And I went down, <laughs> and so I went fetal position. You know what I mean? Because he, as soon as I went down, he started like trying to kick me and stuff. Yeah. And so I went fetal and just kind of laid there and took a bunch of kicks and a few punches on top. And then he's like, "Yeah, motherfucker, I told you I was gonna get your ass," and like walked off. So I hopped up, fucking. Crashed him from behind, <laughs> fucking beat the fucking brakes off of him again. Um, and then he didn't try anything else anymore after that. I mean, I'll, can you blame him? If you yeah. can't beat him, join him. Yeah. Right, right. Hey, what's up, Aldridge? Yeah, yeah. He didn't, I mean, he never, he never was nice, but you know what I mean. Like we didn't talk. Yeah. But he didn't. I didn't have to worry about him because he knew he couldn't get the job done. <laughs> it's gotta be demoralizing, man. I don't know. He had some good licks. I mean, I, I was sore the next day. A few lumps, you know, like, uh, 
probably the worst spot I ever been in was down at Barbecue Fest, though. I uh, I was down there uh, handing out wristbands for 152, and uh, I was walking around with the bartending girls and stuff like that because I'd let them hand out the wristbands because they're prettier than me. <laughs> and uh, but I was just there to kind of watch and make sure yeah. that nothing happened to them and all that. And we go up in this one time. I, I want to say it was Cadillac Grills, but I'm not. I don't want to say that and be wrong. But it was one of the three story tents, one of the party tents. Well, we was in there. We'd been handing out wristbands and stuff like that. And we walked out because we were going on to the next tent to hand out some more wristbands. I get tapped on the shoulder and turn around and get hit. Fuck. What the fuck? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it was like, huh, okay. And when it didn't hurt me, he just kind of like ran back up in this tent. <laughs> what a pussy. <laughs> what kind of shit is that, man? And uh, so I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> we ain't done we ain't done so I was trying to get him to come back out there I was like come on you want to hit me like let, no let's let's fucking do this man and he was like no no so and then by that time and the security wouldn't let me come back up in there like man it's fucked up but you know I can't let you come up here and fuck him up or can't let you come in here and try to fuck him up yeah. but he didn't know I was gonna fuck him up or what he just saw me take a good punch though but uh so I stood outside and I was like okay I'm gonna fucking call the cops in and press charges on you if you don't fucking come out of here, like you can either go see the cops or you can come out of here. You and your fucking boys. So it's him and his boys decide to come out. <laughs> and uh, so that was a fight. I was fucking hitting people, knocking them down. I got busted up. I needed some stitches by the time I got done, but I walked away from it. But there's about eight of them. What was his reason? Did you ever find out or did you know him? The No, I didn't know him. The... Uh, Kelly Potter's actually the one that found out because, you know, Kelly's my boy and he wanted to know what happened. So apparently the story was is that somebody had thrown a beer on somebody and I got pointed out as the person that it was. Um. And he was trying to be a man about it, but it didn't work out so great for him. <laughs> and then the, what's funny is, is the next year, so I'm working on Bill Street and this kid comes up to me. He's like, hey, you remember me? I beat you up before. You know, well, as a matter of fact, you did. And he took off his hat and he had a scar. It went down his head. He's like, you remember getting into a fight down at Barbecue Fest? And I said, yeah. And he said, that's what the scar's from. He's like, I was one of the guys that jumped you. And I'm sorry. Fuck. He said, I didn't know what I was fucking getting in today and you taught me a life lesson. He's like, oh. Like, he came in and like apologized to me about it. Like, he's like, it's the strangest thing I've ever had anybody apologize to me for an asthma, for getting an asthma. But he legitimately is like, he's like, I was in the wrong that day and you taught me right. I'm just glad I still have my life. So I think talk shit, get hit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he ended up having to get staples in his head, he said. And I was like, man, I'm, he's like, but he's like, it was my boy and I was going with him. You were talking shit to all of us. <laughs> He's like, I know why you was talking shit to all of us now. Yeah. They should have just looked at your ears and walked but, on. But please, if you're listening, don't come try me now. <laughs> I am not that man no more. Like, I will get somebody to shoot your ass. Yeah. Uh, you don't give me one second. Hey. Yeah. So what are your goals next? Um, goals. Uh, continue MMA. Continue coaching somebody to a world championship, hopefully. Um, seeing these guys continue just to make their dreams come true. Um, Florida is in the future. 
because um, that's where the family's going to move. John's opened up the the uh, roofing company down there, Southern Roofing, Florida. So we're going to end up moving down there. Hopefully this summer is the plan. Mm. Um, if not in the future, it just depends. But eventually maybe opening up a gym down there. Um, just continue to watch these kids grow and then, I don't know, hopefully don't die of anything crazy. I don't I, You know, I didn't think I was going to make it this far. So I didn't really plan for this far. Mm-hmm. And I hate to plan too far ahead because what if I don't make it? Just kind of mm-hmm. like to live life for what it's made for. Because tomorrow, like everything you know today could be gone tomorrow. True. Because, I mean, like I feel like we're on the brink of some shit popping off. You know what I mean? Like in this country. And and I've seen it happen to other countries. You know, I've been to the I've been to Kuwait where where war has ravaged a country. Mm-hmm. And we are in for a rude fucking awakening if shit hits the soil. You know what I mean? And I think I think that's what, you know, I don't pay too much attention, but I pay enough attention to think that believe in conspiracy theories a little bit. I believe there is this world order out there. You know what I mean? They kind of run shit, mm-hmm. you know, like and you know, and they send out these messages through media. I mean, it has to be. There's too many coincidences of some kind. And it works on weak-minded people or people that pay attention. You know what I mean? Can be brought up in it. But that's why I don't... I could be weak-minded, so I don't want to pay attention to it too much. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you know no I mean? doubt. And it, like I said, if it's not on my front porch and affecting me or my family, I just try to ignore it yeah. a little bit and hopefully somebody smarter than me can fix it. <laughs> what do you think the state of men is today? Like the new generation? Yeah. Soft. <laughs> but I think everybody's kind of soft right now. Yeah. Now, and I think it's a lot of, because people get to cry a lot and they get their voices heard by by a bigger mass of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we're really supposed to just be in, tra- like cities aren't, I don't feel like they're good. You know what I mean? Like it's good for trade and it's good for that. But like, I don't feel like humans were created to be around as many people as we're around because we get annoyed with people too much. You know what I mean? Like, I think you're supposed to be around that that 15 to 20 people kind of click, you know what I mean? Make your village kind of, you know, like that's kind of like what we have at the house. You know, we have our clan, you know what I mean? Like we call it our little, our little village and it takes a village to raise Raise kids, you know what I mean? Like, because you got to have all people like-minded. But they're teaching some crazy shit in schools now. You know, I'm glad I've got my kid in a school where where we can kind of, you know, a private school being where they regulate what they're putting out there. Because it's both. I mean, don't, don't come and meet me with all that crazy crap. Like, you don't need to teach my kid about hymns, hers, whatever that crap is. Like, you just got a religion or, or any of that crap. Just keep it out and teach my kid math, history of what actually happened, mm-hmm. not like what you want to portray happened. You know, teach the facts. Like, you know, I grew up thinking fucking Christopher Columbus was a fucking saint, discovered America for us and everything else. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I still don't know what all he fucking did. You know what I mean? But I heard he's a pretty fucking bad guy. I wasn't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but they're, you know, they make these people out to be heroes that weren't really heroes. You know, they were 
mean and ugly people, and then sometimes they make heroes out to be fucking ugly people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think every every guy that pulls the trigger on a pedophile is a fucking hero. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there shouldn't be... I could get rid of pedophilia. I really could. If you just give me the guy for two weeks. Give me two weeks. Well, I wonder what that and is, let me t- And let me televise it. What, what I what do, do you, to the guy. What do you think it is in those people that... Do you think it's probably something happened to them? Now, I'm not making excuses for them, but... Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like transferred on. I think a lot of it is. You know what I mean? I think I think there's a lot of fucked up shit that we don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and what goes up? Like this whole Pizzagate thing. You know what I mean? Like, it goes from the high high powers to the you know, and that's why they make them do it, and so they'll have evidence against them. You know, like it wasn't that uh, you know. So like some of the rumors I heard was. That they would get people out there and then they'd get them, put them in this situation to where they had to do something, you know what I mean? And they'd video it so that way they have blackmail stuff on them so that, that way they never talk. Or, and then there's some people that's just sick. I don't know, man. Like, I, they're all fucking sick. I think they should all fucking die. They say it's an illness. Like, you know, this is like the technical. It's it's an illness in the brain and they don't know how to fix it, and you know, a bullet. Yeah, yeah so that's like, how you, you know. fucking fix it, dude. Like, <laughs> but like, you know, but like, like also like, like there's some things you can't fix. Like, you know, they they be putting too many fucking warning labels on shit now. If they just take the warning labels off of shit, we get rid of some of these dumb motherfuckers because they kill themselves. Well, maybe that's what TikTok is for. You know, people doing these dumb challenges. Some kid I saw, he was like surfing on top of a car and then he ran into a bridge and died. So maybe they're thinning the herd with TikTok. Well, we're seeing it thinned out a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get to see the video of it, but, uh, you know, but then they rush to not show that video. Yeah. You know, and they want to keep it down. Like, oh, I did this. And, you know, what bad could come from? Like, I mean, I see it and I'm guilty. I watch this shit. I yeah. watch this one day. This is for the chocolates and the chocolates. And he jumps. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he jumps on this fucking shit. It's like, oh, fuck my ass. My <laughs> you know. I know exactly who you're talking about. But, but people you know watch I, that shit. You know what I don't do? I don't scroll up until after he's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. He's about to fuck himself up. Yeah, it's yeah. like a bunch of barbed wire and shit I'm all like, over. which one's going to kill him? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like. Remember, uh, remember when they would walk up, like they had the the Indian guys or the Middle Eastern looking guys, and they'd walk around with a backpack and they'd drop it and be like, "Run!" And then oh, they'd take yeah. off like it was a bomb or something. Yeah, I'm gonna kill that motherfucker. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, or the clowns walk into the fucking parking garage. One of these days, someone's gonna just gonna start shooting those people. Right. Like, I will fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, if I saw three clowns walk in with fucking weapons. Like, if I didn't see an exit strategy, like, I'm taking a clown with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, it's just, and, and I've never I've never been one to, like, I'm not a, I'm a, huh? You know oh, what I mean? I'm yeah. a step forward guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and and I think that, that matters a lot if you're going to, like, people ask, like, oh, well, how do you defend yourself against a gun? It depends on what you fucking do with that gun. Because in a lot of situations, I can't defend myself. Yeah. But if you do something wrong, I got something for that. You know what I mean? Like if you get if you get close enough, look, I need the barrel of that motherfucker not to be pointing on me. Mm. Anything out there, I'm clear. I'm clear. It's gonna be real loud in my ear. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's that's gun defense. Is don't be in front of the fucking barrel. 
You know what I mean? Like whatever you can do to fucking be there. If he puts it too close, you know, then mm-hmm. you can do some shit with it. But if if I'm standing from here and you're over there at that wall, yeah. there, ain't, there ain't shit you can do about that. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Please yeah. don't kill me. You know what I mean? Like, cause you're got. Yeah. You're not bulletproof. Right. Do you think that they should implement like they do in other countries, like a two year thing for men to go to the service? Do you think that might help us or like some type of structure or like, I think the structure needs to become, if I was going to do a military, I'd do like a military school. I would maybe think like earlier in life. Yeah. Because 18, you're already fucking grown, man. You already got your fucking like a mandatory service. Like Germany's, they got it figured out. You know what I mean? Like kind of keep their, you know, cause I met a foreign exchange student, like he came over and did that, but he had to go back mm-hmm. and he was a fucking six eleven basketball player. You know what I mean? He was a foreign exchange student. He played on our, on our high school team. But uh, when he went back, he had to do his two years of service. You know what I mean? Like, so, but they put him in trade schools at like 13. Like that you test, like when you're like 10 or 12 years old, I guess. And then they send you to like, okay, well, this motherfucker's smart in engineering. So they send him to like something that's going to help his engineering career or this person's fucking this. And you know what I mean? They, they have like different avenues and then you go to that type of schooling Mm -hmm. and they, and you go to general studies, but then you go to like specific studies, you know? So, yeah, I think a lot of these kids, like you're saying, I think they just, not everybody learns the same. Right. And I think maybe if they let kids go off stuff that they're strong suit and just like, cookie cutter shit i think that they would probably want to dive into that more yeah i mean i don't remember shit from high school yeah i remember a couple names like like christopher Glo- you know what i mean like i know a few things and if you start talking about it i might be like oh yeah look at that thing. <laughs> you know but a lot of the shit i was taught is is being taught different now like the way i do math isn't even the same way you know i just count the fucking numbers i don't know or subtract them yeah i don't know you know now they got that common course i'm like why you got to fucking do circles around the shit it's like this exactly it's like do 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 yeah do 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 or <laughs> i understand and if an emp happens and we lose power and we go back to neanderthal days i'll learn how to fucking count again you know what i mean i can rub, i can put i can count there's one skull, two skull, three skulls, a butt. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but until I lose this fucking power, yeah, I don't give a fuck about math. Yeah, it's got a calculator on yeah it. that is true, man. I don't, if I need to know the answer, some, I might need to look at a couple different websites, but I got this thing called Google. <laughs> I can find a fucking answer for you. Yeah, You know what I mean? I'm not even fucking smart, but I got the answers everywhere. Until this fucking goes, goes gone, Everybody's got the fucking answer key. You know, now some of it's, you got to find out if it's bullshit and, mm-hmm. you know, you want to fact check what you can, you know, but, you know, if you see like four or five stories about the same thing, then that's probably the four or five stories are probably on key. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's that one outlandish one over here. That's not fucking right. I mean, they got apps on like math apps, like high level math apps yeah, where you can just use your camera on your phone and you put it over like this on like over the equation. It gives you the answer in like a millisecond. I'm fucking past. It's like this. I could Boop. pass college now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's uh, like, I was like, damn, man. Like, I don't know. Technology is our friend and it's also bad for us, you know? Right. Because if some shit pops off and they decide to take out 
EMP, you know what I mean, or something, ha- you know. Like, that's what I feel like is the, is the most dangerous. Like, if somebody comes to attack us, they got to take out that communication level that, you know, I feel like that EMP is too too important now. Yeah, if they really, I think that's like the next war. I think it's like going to be like a cyber war or like power grid or something like that. Because if, like you said, if they take that out, I mean, there goes your money, you know, yeah. everything. We're fucked. Right. I mean, look at the toilet paper craze. Dude, that that was fucking wild. And that was just, what, two years ago? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, like, I'll, when I'm at Walmart working a load or something, like, I'll see, like, toilet paper was back in stock, you know, right, don't right, get me right. wrong. Yeah, yeah, no. But I'm just, like, remembering, like, how did all this whole entire area was empty Man, for months was, and months and months. This used to be gold. Yeah. This used to be gold. I could sell this for a lot. <laughs> like, people were needing it. And think about, like, if that was food shortage, how people were. There were people well, fighting over toilet tissue. There was toilet tissue, and but it was food, too. Like, the, the food was short, too, because uh, all the shipping. I, yeah. All the shipping, you know, wood went up. Like, construction got yeah. so high because, like, you know, people ain't there to ship it. You can't get the product out. It doesn't mean that, you know, people staying home from work. I like, think, like, once something, like, once shit really hits the fan, you're going to see the core people turn to animals. Like, that's what you're going to go primal. Yeah. I mean, because that's what we are. Yeah. It's like you're talking about the wood, you know. We were supposed to get our fence done, like, last year, I think, at my parents' house. And we decided just to hold off this a little because the wood was so expensive. And the guy kept on calling me. He was like, I was like, man, we're not doing it right now. The wood's so expensive. He's like, oh, no, I I quoted you pre-pandemic wood. I was like, no, man, no, you didn't. Like, I'm looking at your quote right now. No, you didn't. Like, right. I asked my friend that does fencing. And he said that quote is, like, $3,000 way too expensive. Right, right. I, mean, I was like, I'll let you know if we, when we're ready. We're probably not going to get it done anytime soon. I don't need a fence that bad. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> I, for like that much money over, like no, I mean, not over, but like, you know, he was, he priced it like what it was, you right. know, not what it's currently at. Right. I was like, fuck that. Yeah, I, I really hate to see what the world would be like if there was no water or food, how people would behave. Oh, I think that's a scary reality I that. mean it'd be back to the survival of the, I'm okay with it because it's where I excel right. <laughs> you thrive in I'm chaos. dead yeah. I'm dead yeah. I'm gonna come join your clan yeah. <laughs> I'm dead that's, that's like there's a show like uh, what Tony watches called Alone where you're out there literally alone oh, for like alone in the darkness or something naked and alone it's like naked and afraid but yeah. the, on this one they're, they're completely out and the, they're, I think they're in uh, like British Columbia and it's like super cold and I don't. You're by yourself. They, it's usually their thoughts that get to them. See, it's not like the hunger. And stuff I could, like that. I could do that shit, but I don't have to. Yeah. And it's like, I, I know in my mind, if I was put in that situation, I am strong enough because I've been put in different situations that I know that I'm strong enough, but there ain't no way I'm going to volunteer for that shit. Yeah. You know that? Back when that survivor thing was crazy, like, you know, everybody's like, Jason, you should go do that shit or race the American race. Like oh, all those, oh, yeah. All those harder shows and yeah. road rules and any of that. They're like, why don't you go do all that? I'm like, fuck that shit. Like, I don't want to go do that shit. Like, nah, hell no. I, ain't gonna... I was yeah. in the field already. I'm cool. Like, I think about, like, you're saying, like, alone. Like I said, if you're a castaway, like the movie, he gets lost and he has no choice. But if you're on a TV show and you know that you can tap out, yeah, it's, you know, it's not really. And then you know that they're going to put you in a five star hotel right after you tap yeah. out. Yeah, 
and get you fed up and get you medical and and all that. Has it? Has anybody done it, Tony? Done what? I mean, have they completed the? What is it? Yeah, it's, you're you're going off other people, so other people are quitting. Yeah, somebody's got to. Yeah, the oh, the last person standing wins. Yeah, oh, yeah. the same way too. Yeah. Well, I know you got to go. Um, I got a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. Though. Sure, sure. What's your advice for people, and what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? Um, my advice for people, man, is quit being so negative all the time. Try to try to be happy in in what's in what you got in your life. Take a step back and look about what good's going on in your life, because really, there's a lot of good going on too in your life, and and negative always outweighs the positive. You know what I mean? Like when you know, a lot of people don't preach about the good things you do. They preach about the bad things you do, you know, but remember there's, there's a lot of good that can come from it. So remember to remember the good things and help you get you through some of the bad times. Um, that'd probably be my advice. And then what was the other question? Uh, what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world? Um, well, I peed on a lot of trees. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, mark leaving in the world, man. I, <clears throat> Man, I don't, I don't know that my mark really matters much except for, you know, my kids and stuff like that. I just, I hope to teach them to be good men and people, men or you know, we got the girl coming to, you know, I, I, I just hope that I'm always a positive influence on people. I hope everybody kind of likes me. I hope if I beat you up early in life that you don't hold a grudge. I'm sorry. Um. It was a lesson for you. It was a lesson for me. You know what I mean? Like, man, just, I don't know, man. I just want to be known as a good dad, Mm. good family man. Probably my mark on life. And also the other two things are, what? Who would you like to give appreciation to? Like, who would you like to give flowers to? Because I don't think we as people hear enough good stuff about us while we're here. So is there anybody in your life that you would like to give praise to? And Kelly Potter, he's one of the ones. He's been a best friend since I moved to Memphis. Um, he's been with me through thick and thin. I love him. He's best friend. Uh, John Falls, he's also one of my best friends. Um, I can't even put into words how much he's done for me. He makes my life in Memphis possible. He makes my life with my kid possible, you know, because, I mean, he's brought me – me and Mallory separated and we had a good separation, but we still loved our kid and everything. You know what I mean? So like we were working together to, to make him grow up and he doesn't want me anywhere gone at mm-hmm. all. You know what I mean? Cause he's very, like he's still, he's 11 years old and still comes crawls in the bed with me in the middle of the night about 4 a.m. You know, he's like, screw over dad. I'm in, you know? So the fact that I, I still get to do that and it's not just an option of a weekend, a month, or when I can get him, you know, that John was mature enough and I was mature enough to have our relationship that we had, which we were already friends. And, and like when they started dating, you know, it was, it was brought to my attention and you know what I mean? So like, and me and her were broke up. We were, I wasn't wanting her back. She wasn't wanting me back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were, we were friends and we were good with it. Yeah. You know, and we, but we both, Really love that little boy. And like I said, she gifted me him when he was a year old. You know, let me be the man in his life 
And I just still wanted to be that father figure in his life, and I never wanted to leave. And that was one of the stipulations of breaking up. I'm like, you, you know, if we break up, I get to be Cannon's dad. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, no, no corners about it. Like, I get yeah. to be a dad. You know what I mean? And we did that. Like, when we first broke up, we kind of lived in separate spots. And well, she lived with me still for a little while, and then she ended up being with her mom for a little while, and then transitioned over to John's place. But, uh, you know, there was about that year, year and a half where it was I get him some and then she get him some. And it was just, it was hurting the kid and everything. And then I ended up slapping an off duty cop at uh, downtown one night and I got into some trouble. So I had to go back to Missouri to kind of deal with the stuff. And uh, that was a really hard year being away, being two hours away and like, coming back and forth. So, when I would come visit, they would let me stay at the house that they were staying in because I didn't have the money for hotels or anything like that. They're like, come see your kid. You, I would stay in Cannon's room. Like mm. I slept with him, and I'd stay the night and then go back home and stuff like that because I had to work the whole next week. So I'd come down on weekends and do that. And then I'd get some work at like Jerry Lee's or something like mm-hmm. that at night. So I'd get a little bit of money to pay for the trip. And then they had the other baby. They had crews. And he was an infant at the time. And Mallory was about to go back to work. So they kind of needed somebody, in which Cruz had kind of gotten attached to me. You know, he was probably about six, eight months old. And I'd play with him while I was there and, and the other kids. And so they was just like, well, why don't you just stay here? You know, you can kind of watch the kids. You know, so I kind of became a nanny mm. for you know, they, they was taking care of me a little bit. They yeah. made sure I had a place to live and, you know, and take care of my food and stuff like that. And I taught jujitsu on the side for my spending money, which, you know, it doesn't make me a lot, but, you know, it kind of takes care of what I need. But I don't, I don't really have bills because, you know, John is part of me living there. And, but I pick up the kids and I go do all the stuff and I'm always around and I'm the protector. That's awesome, man. That you were able to do that with, you know, with Mallory and John yeah, for I them. Mean, and, and you know, it all worked out. It's definitely like it stopped like some of the things that I would be doing if I was out on my own. Like, because I'd have to make ends meet, I'd have to go make this gym work, or I would have to find a real job. You know what I mean? Which I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you know, with you on that, brother. You know, like I love teaching jujitsu. There's, you know, there can be some money in it. There's not a lot of money in it, you know, but luckily I, I have a support system that, you know, I can fall back on when it's not paying a lot. Um, and then that's why I pick up like the lucky cowboy and stuff like that jobs. But, uh, yeah, does that answer? That's, <laughs> that's a like, good one. Yeah. <laughs> think, yeah. I mean, you mentioned two guys that are really good people. Like right. even I remember like John at the height of what he was, he was always as humble. Right, right, man. And the dude, you know, such a good dude. Like, we'll do without so you can you can do with. You know, I, I, I can't. He's, he's a dude, man. He's <laughs> one dude. time he came up to Raul and I, we were at 152. <laughs> and this guy comes up, and he's like, hey, man. He's a guy, like, turn around, shaved head guy. I was like, oh, who the fuck are you? Because when I first met him, he had the dreads and okay. shit. <laughs> and I was like, Forever he had that yeah, look, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit, it's John Paul. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> we neither one, because we were like, who is it? And I was like, I don't he's know. He's off being famous. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, so when we saw him, he's like, what the fuck, guys? And I'm like, 
oh hey man what's up bro <laughs> like because no one recognize you don't recognize a person right. from going with dreads down a year and see, all of a sudden right you know, shaved head. head yeah and see I never knew him with dreads mm-hmm. I uh, I didn't even know his band like when I first moved here like Kelly's mm-hmm. like hey that's John Falls I'm like who the fuck's that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. from Memphis. I don't know. Yeah. You know. I didn't know who he was. Which, I mean, he made it famous, too. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's, like, legit. Yeah. You know, like, I think one of his records, like, did did something. I don't want to misquote or nothing, you know, but I think he sold enough records to get either gold or something like that, like, was top selling at one time. But, and they're coming out with some new stuff that's actually really good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, they did a, there's a song called Misery that's fucking... I love, mm. you know what I mean? And it's, it's about a year old now, but, uh, did it with pop evil guy. Um, it's a great song and they've, and they've got a lot, they've got probably 10 or 15 new songs out right now, like on Spotify Okay, that, that they've, they've kind of revamped, you know? And then he got me into some, I would, because of John falls, I was in music videos. I was in a music video. <laughs> one less reason, um, where we did the fighting, I don't know if you guys ever saw oh, that. Oh yeah, I I, I don't I, remember the beer, but I remember some. They were talking about doing a fight in the, one of their songs. So we did a uh, yeah, we did a uh, at the Memphis International Raceway. Yeah, we set up like this makeshift ring and had these cars out and everything. There's video on YouTube. We look up one less reason. And uh, I had uh, you remember Bobby Jean? I don't think so. Little girl fighter was was supposed to be like awesome. She was oh. really young. She fought out of um, Memphis BJJ. Yeah, right. She was in it, um, and then I had uh, some other girls. Dave Ferguson was in it. He was the referee. <laughs> I gotta you know pull I mean? this I, up, man. Yeah, I gotta find yeah. This. like definitely pull it up. It was definitely a good. Uh, yeah, you just see a glimpse of me. I'm cornering one of the girls and stuff. Uh, but I brought in the 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 fighters and yeah. you know, all those people, and then there was like a training session at the beginning of it where I'm working out with this girl Kelly Potter's in the video. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he plays her dad, yeah, <laughs> like the girl's awesome. dad. Oh, yeah. um, I was in that music video, and then I was in I was in a Savage After Midnight's with Shy Eubank. I was in another one of his videos. Um, I was playing like this military guy, but you can't really. Tell oh, it that's to me. that's where they use a um, cartoon. Yeah, and they're using. Um, Taylor's son, right? Right, right. Jeremiah's yeah, wife. Yeah, so, yeah, okay. So in that video, like, I'm the guy that, like, when he turns into into the, the mutation or whatever yeah. it was, and everybody goes falling back, like, I land on this car hood. Like, I do all my own stunts. So I did that, like, 15 times. like jump back to flying back and land, break fall on a car hood. And they're like, that doesn't hurt. I'm like, no, I don't know how to fucking fall. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but, you know, it hurts after a while. Yeah. <laughs> 15 is getting kind of fucking rough. <laughs> But and yeah. my last question is, what do you think happens when we die? Man, heaven. You know, I uh I'm a I'm a Christian. So I believe that there's a there's this better thing. I, I you know, I I don't know. Uh, this is a this is a weird subject. Uh so I very much believe in God and Jesus. But I have some issues with some man-made stories from the Bible. Like it's, I want to believe it, but it catches me questions. Um, and because it's man-made, I don't know. There's there's books that's being kept from me. Um, there's just a lot of secrecy and there's a lot of conspiracy and it's a way to have power. So I don't know if I believe in, like, it's hard for me to believe in Noah's Ark. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, 
animals be animals. You know how you gonna keep <laughs> how you gonna keep the giraffes and the fucking tigers next to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or the zebras and the tigers. Like mm, one looks like a snack. Yeah. You know. So I don't know how that really came about. I don't know if it was used as like a way to keep. I don't know if it's like a set of rules or a set of guidelines mm-hmm. to kind of keep people acting the way they want to act. You know what I mean? And and what is it really? It's it's people that talk to God, and they're supposed to write down what He said, right? Is that what? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. For the most part, right? The commandments. Yeah. Who's, who's to say their translation? Who's to say they got it all right? Like, yeah, because. I mean, I've talked to God, and it's kind of like a feeling. He's never just come out and spoke to me like, "Hey, I want you to write this down, motherfucker." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so I believe if you believe in God, you believe it. You know, there's Jesus, and I believe in Jesus. Um, I think if you if you believe that, and you're a good person, you know, and you try to do what's morally right, because you got this like this thing that nips you in the back like if you're fucking doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, this hair that stands up. There's some, There's got to be something to that. I got to feel like I have a soul. You know what I mean? Like a soul, or I wouldn't feel certain feelings that I have. So there has to be more. What that is exactly, which God is right, I don't know. I just know there's a higher power. I know for sure there's a higher power because I feel it inside of me. And I praise it. You know, I have a lot of my, I don't go to church. Um... Because I see too many fucking church people end up in prison over child pedophilia. You know, I see too many, and I see too many of them dudes, you know, partying in the club the night before and be out acting holier and that. You know, I just don't want to be a part of a, I have my own relationship. I talk to, like, I'll be talking to God on the way to Cleveland today. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll have a a little conversation. I'll just kind of, I'll think about some things because I don't need to say them out loud. He knows what I'm thinking. I'll think about things and and how I and just kind of have an open mind about it and see which way I get led. And that's how I feel that God works is he leads you more to a way that you should go than telling you what to do or telling you how it is. Maybe he had a bit of different relationship. I don't know. I'll ask the man when I see him. Maybe I'm wrong about the Bible. Could be, you know, he can make all that shit happen. That's what faith is, you know what I mean? But my faith is in that he exists. And I think that's more than important than Scare tactics, maybe yeah. to to do that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. You know, but that's my. Take. I think like I mean, just look at everything on this table. Somebody made it, so there has to be something that I don't think everything is by accident. Right. I don't know if we can wrap our brains around it if somebody told us the truth, anyways. Exactly. You know, and I'm I believe in evolution. I don't believe we exactly came from apes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I believe we came from a very much more crude and able to adjust to climates and in their dwellings. You know what I mean? Like we didn't start getting big and tall until we started breeding big and tall together. You know what I mean? Like you take the best specimens and you breed them and you breed them and then you make the ultimate, you make the ultimate specimen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's how you, you make better, better breeds, right? You see it in dogs and stuff like that. I mean, you can crossbreed dogs and you're going to end up with this fucking weird looking thing that ends up into another weird looking thing. Yeah. yeah. Until you find that right combination of breeding, right? And humans have done that too. I mean, you know, we're mammals just like every other mammal in the thing when it when it classifies to science. But I think because we have a soul, you know what I mean? Like we have these feelings, I think that's 
why we go a little bit like that's what differentiates us from animals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there should be that click that says, "Oh, I shouldn't kill this motherfucker for food." You know what I mean? Like or, yeah. or eat it. You know what I mean? But yeah. <clears throat> there's also that animal instinct that we have in us is like, "I will kill you, motherfucker, if you fuck with my food." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're coming at me, like. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a complex thing, man. It's yeah, it's 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 far past my grasp of reality. Yeah. So I sometimes no. I think about it when I when I'm smoking, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I don't ever remember those thoughts. So, yeah. are you big into psychedelics? Um, I've done ketamine before. I what is that like? Dude, I'll never do it. I've done it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so I like being, I hate to be out of control of myself. And that's one reason why I don't drink. Cause okay. like once you drink too, like you kind of lose control of, yeah. of your senses a little bit. You get a little bit more edgy, more likely to get in fights and stuff. But you know, like weed for me that really mellowed me out. Like when I smoke, it's for my PTSD you know, cause I don't really like large groups of people mm-hmm. and I work in large mm-hmm. groups of people most of the time, but like, I just kind of always felt like somebody was out to get me mm. and it kind of calms me down a little bit to where I'm not, uh, my anxiety is not as high all the time. Cause I'm a, you know, I'm a, an all day smoker. I'm not just a, I'm going to hit it a couple of times. Like I smoke yeah. frequently, like I'm usually somewhat high all, all the time. Except when I sleep, when I wake up, I smoke again. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because that's just how I function. But I'm a, I'm an easier going person. I don't get as agitated as easy, and I like that about myself. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, I've tried mushrooms before. Um, I'm actually considering the microdosing thing. Um, I'm all for it. It's just affording it and doing it and everything else, and doing it the right way. Yeah. Um. I don't see anything wrong with that type of stuff. Like the ketamine, like that, that was kind of trippy. Like, cause I wasn't in, like you go to a different world for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like How you just do you even consume it. Uh, injection. Oh, okay. So, like I went to an actual doctor uh, okay. and it was to treat my PTSD. Mm. Cause we were trying to figure out, cause I, I smoked weed, you know, and it's not legal here. You know what I mean? So, I was trying to find different ways to deal with this because I don't want to get in trouble for something that's legal everywhere else that I've had a prescription for. In my, like I had a prescription when I lived in Colorado for marijuana, like, you know, in 2002. Yeah. Like, so I've been smoking weed for a little, I know my medication, I know how to deal with my medication and everything else. But, you know, until recently it's been blackballed in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. It's still not, kosher here you know they don't really mess with you you know they might make you stomp it out they're not probably going to take you to jail for it or nothing but you know i'm just i'm not dealing or anything like that i just need to smoke when i need to smoke it's just for me and that's one thing it's not a drug it's medicine for for you really you know it's it's like cocaine is a drug like you know you know i'm for legalizing drugs but let people figure it out like you know there's so many fucking rules Ways to get your money, ways to take away your freedom. If I ain't fucking bothering nobody, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do what the fuck I want. Now, if I'm out causing a scene and I'm all ripped up on cocaine or whatever, you know, if I decide to do that or 
then if I'm causing a scene, then it then I should be held accountable for me and my scene. Mm-hmm. But just having it or doing it, I don't give a fuck, man. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, let people figure it out themselves. I think this whole thing with fentanyl is going to come to heads like eventually because you know it's now in coke too. You know, yeah. And people aren't going to stop doing coke as a recreational drug, whether they are habitual user or a weekend user, you know, but like, <laughs> I want to fucking die. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I haven't done it in a long time, you right. know, but like, you're right. If I get a bag, even if I get it from a bag from someone I really trust, it could be bad because he don't know. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? Like, he's and probably then, like, just picking up from another dude to get to another dude. I think that it needs to become like a, like you said, it needs to become legal. Come, come to, to where you can go pick it up at a pharmacy. To, yes. Get taxed yes. on it. Fucking, let's yeah. help out our now, country. We're so much in debt. We need the fucking tax money. People are going yeah. to spend money on drugs. You might as well spend money on drugs and make some tax money out of it. You know, like, uh, you know, you know what Dance Safe is and stuff like that? Those organizations that are graves and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can get any drug tested at, any, at that thing. And, it, and even the cops can't fuck with you if you're getting tested or anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's it's a safe it's safe place as long as you take your like coke or whatever and you get it tested and they tell you exactly what's in it. I'd be afraid the cops would be sitting outside and <laughs> waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, like, me too. I'd be kind of paranoid. I don't go to fucking whatever's or no. fucking any he- like any of the places in town because I'm like, no, nah, cops sit there and watch them. <laughs> like, I don't want no fucking heat on me. Which here I am talking about. Yeah, it so, well, like you know, I think it's going to become. When like, I know cops listen to this. Week. Coke's going to have to become <laughs> like yeah, Coke's going to have to become like weed, where people are going to have to be able. You're gonna to have to create something like you just said, where we can people can go buy we, we whatever can go buy it and not have to worry about death, because no one's gonna stop doing it. Right? Kids are gonna be going to Tin Roof this weekend or and tonight. People or are gonna what party. Are, and people are gonna party. You know, I Wh- whatever bar it is, I just used that one. That's the yeah. first one we were talking about earlier. But like whatever club it is, you're gonna do coke. Yeah, I mean it's it's the number that or uh, what is it Molly or ecstasy? Uh, ecstasy. Yeah. Well, then, it used to be ecstasy back now. Then. I think Molly, it's Molly. Yeah. yeah. Like ecstasy was like the little pills and stuff. If like you that. can get if you can get the Molly that's actually Molly, you're fine. It's right. the purest form of MDMA, right? Right. And then if you can get it, it just I don't know. Like I was talking to somebody yes the other day. Where they're talking about Tootsie, which is the pink cocaine out of Colombia, which is spreading across the world now. Mm-hmm. We used to do rolls that are probably the same shit that had Tootsie in it, or whatever Tootsie's made out of. Probably when we were kids. And yeah, as I'm saying. I like, mean, like, when, I was, my, the, yeah, when oh, I was in the military, we did that kind of stuff, because we sh- showed up in your system the whole yeah. time. But you could go out and do one of those if you got drug tested, mm. be out of your system in three days. So you hit one on a long weekend. <laughs> And you piss it out. As much yeah. water we had to drink. That's why I don't drink water anymore. Oh, yeah. Good. I drank so much fucking water in the military. So you pissed it all out. And that's how you got through. And that's how you kind of partied a little bit. Yeah. You and know? I was telling him, I was telling my buddy, I was like, dude, we used to do all those drugs into one little pill, bro. Like, it's, it's, when we didn't know then. Right, right. Like, you know, there was a website you could go to, and I forget what the name was. And you could type in the, your pill name. And it would it would tell you where it originated from, what exactly is in it, down to the milligram. Oh yeah, there's a, like the little pill finder thing, like red by pill. Yeah, or yeah, I think it's called red by pill. You yeah, can take yeah, a yeah, picture yeah. of the motherfucker. And yeah, tell and, you what and people has pictures on there, and like if there's not a picture, so give a really good description of all it all. Dude, it was insane. And this was back in the early 2000s before the internet. It was what it is now, you know. Yeah. And like, man, the internet. Yeah, man. Like, so like, man, just the internet's so crazy, man. Like, like even jujitsu wise, like, 
you know, I, I learned jujitsu off of VHS tapes that I'd have to rewind and shit like that. Now kids can just be like, what's an arm bar? And they'll have fucking thousands of videos, thousands of videos man, at different angles and everything like that. Me, I'm trying like, how the fuck did he get him to flip over? <laughs> like, can I get a different camera? And there's no other camera angles or yeah. nothing like that, you know? Yeah, like, the internet's beautiful. It's a lot of shit on there, but I think it's mostly good. Yeah. Yeah, agree. But I think that's I people. Know. I don't know if it's mostly good, but I think it's mostly bad, but with a lot of good stuff. But I'm saying, I think it's just, just like people. There's a lot of good people, but then there's a couple shitty people in the world. And essentially, the internet is people. It seems like the shitty people be posting more, though. Yeah. They love the attention, man. <laughs> they do. They do. They love the attention. And but, unfortunately, they get it. I mean, I guess we all kind of like the attention. That's one reason why we're here, right? Yeah. We a little bit of attention. We're just trying to spread the right kind of attention out there. Yeah, 100%. Send, send a better message than some of these Neanderthals are sending. Oh, and I appreciate your shout-out on um, Nicole's page about our podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nicole's good friends of mine, Little White. You know, kept him out of a lot of trouble over the club. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. I like, I like what y'all are doing here, man. I like the setup. You know, we do a little get-together podcast every once in a while, me and Jamie Grant. Um, he's a good friend of mine. That that's another guy I can mention too. That's that's on my list of I would give flowers to. I might give him a daffodil, but <laughs> <laughs> but he's one. He's a he's a really good dude. Does a lot for the community. Um, like just gave some wrestling shoes. Just did a fundraiser. Went and did a show for the wrestling for the fi- for the state finals. Did it free. I think they gave him a check, and he took that check and put it towards more and then asked for help and bought the entire team wrestling shoes. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, and he's constantly, he's out there like looking for fighter sponsorships. He's looking for, uh, like, uh, things like community service outreach programs to get them more into the community. So that way that they can be better liked from this community. So that way they get more fans and more social media following, which oh, will build that's their, smart. You know, the more good you do for somebody, the better off it's going to be. And he's constantly, like, coming up with shit that, you know, hey, this or hey, that, you know. What's your podcast called? I don't know, Jamie and Jason. We just fucking get together, and he fucking records it. He's got the little setup. We mm. just, when we decide. Is it up, like, on Spotify? And uh, No, 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 no. It's the, He's got, I don't even know where he's fucking done it, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. He's uploaded it with his own little thing. It's his. It's his shit. I just... Get on there and talk. Maybe shit. he's got a website. It's uh, he does have a website, but I don't know what it is. I'm Maybe you can find out before um, I release it. I can put it in the notes and. Okay. Yeah. 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 But we just get on there and talk shit. Like we've talked to, uh, I think we've talked to like a fighter or two once in a while, but we thought about like, cause we go on road trips together. Like a lot of times, like if we get booked, like he'll do the announcing and I'll do the referee. Oh. So like we'll ride together and like, we'd be talking about things and then we're like, that's how we came up. We should just start talking to each other. Like, on a, you yeah. know, we have some interesting conversations. Then sometimes we're like, man, maybe that wasn't the best thing to say. Let's go. Let's not. Let's not put that. Delete. There's a, there's a lot that are deleted. Yeah. Just y'all I, think, have I think only two's made it out so far. Oh. So, uh, you know, like it's just us being stupid. But you know, it's good times. And yeah. I game with him all the time too. He's funny on the game. But you're your Xbox, right? No, 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 PlayStation. Oh, okay. I'm a no, PlayStation. I take it back. Then. But we play, but we play Call of Duty, so like it's cross platform, so you can play with anything. But man, he gets he gets animated. <laughs> 
How was a couple episodes ago? I was talking about how these kids were just fucking nonstop on the chat, you know, like on the headsets. I did, I don't even have my headset on when I play Call of Duty some most of the time. But when I do, man, I have to mute it after like five minutes in. Yeah, yeah, it's just of, it's, it's fucking so vile. It, yeah, it's it's bad. Call of Duty is is bad, but the worst is NBA Two K. Oh yeah, are they just talking shit on there all day long? Think about a basketball game in real life. Yeah, how much people talk shit during a basketball game? Uh huh. Times motherfucking twenty thousand. And what do you think the kid looks like that's talking about? I don't know. Shit? Somebody I can beat the fuck out of. It's fine. But even worse than that, like, so the UFC game is the smartest game I've seen. Mm-hmm. The UFC game doesn't let you have voice chat. Oh okay. And it only lets you say like, "Well played," "Wow," like you have to hit your stick, and it's got like. Six G-G. different good yeah. game, yeah. like thanks, like oh my goodness, nice, nice win, or yeah. well played, or some shit like that. It's only positive things. Yeah. So you're like, how can I be creative and fucking talk shit to this dude? Like, oh, good game. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's really no, because like if a motherfucker was what, and I get my ass beat on the UFC game, I fucking hate it. <laughs> like I love it and I fucking hate it because I'm like, if you're sitting next to me when we're playing, I can uh, beat the fuck out of you. But yeah. As soon as I go online, I just get. Fucking rat. And I'm like, I will beat your ass in real life. You know, I shit. just I had to stop playing. I had to stop playing um Madden because I was getting my ass beat so bad. I had to take a break. Like I haven't I haven't bought this year's or you know, twenty three. I haven't bought it yet. Sometimes and here like we are in December. Online gaming is not fun sometimes. I'm just like and that's what it's supposed you. to be. I wonder where that culture started though. The toxic culture? Yeah, like where people want to talk shit to each other like that. I mean, I understand most guys riff each other. I think it's the fact of like you can do it and there's no consequence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because somebody's like, just I an talk, avatar. I talk more shit online than I do in real person. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to fight. Because, mm. you know, I can say whatever I want to. Yeah. Well, and. You know, everybody pretty much can too, unless it's Jamie. If Jamie talks shit, I'm like, I'm coming over, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Have you ever seen it where kids try to SWAT people while you're playing? SWAT? What's a SWAT? They'll send like a SWAT team to people's house, like, like real, like, like say, like oh, somebody's I've being a, hostage. Yeah, I've seen and a shit. video of that, but like, no, Dude, that's that, so fucked. I saw a thing where they did it to a kid, and the guy was like a really popular SWATer, and. Somebody got mad about something. They lost. It was like over like a dollar fifty bet or something really trivial. And the guy was like, I'm going to get you swatted. So he sends a SWAT team to the kid's house, but it's a house he used to live at. And they end up killing some poor guy that the SWAT team did. Yeah, I've, I've heard things about that, but like, no, I'm. But that's just, it all came from the toxic part of that video game shit with the talking shit. It's just like, dude, it's a video game, man. Like, they're, they're supposed to be fun. Yeah. If you're not having fun, if you just fucking. If it gets to where it's like, like, man, sometimes I have to put. Put the game down. I have to switch games. Yeah, you just because it's, it's like I fucking hate that game right now. Mm. You know, and then Call of Duty's got a bunch of fucking cheaters on it. Motherfucker, aim, but like they always get banned, but they take the fun out of it because as soon as they, as soon as you three, two, one, and you go in, they're shooting and you're getting killed. Right, right, right. It's, it's like, it's it's like, like that cheat. Yeah, I'm well, like, like, dude, what the you fuck? You can't even see like across the map. Like, I fucking hate that. <clears> it's just like. You just see like, could you, could you, could you? I like, I can pull up videos of motherfuckers doing that. Like, I get so fucking mad at them. But Call of Duty, I mean, Activision has gotten really good about catching the cheaters, you know. Nah, but like, I feel, <laughs> I feel that when I'm playing, I'm still in a out of the uh, sixteen lobby, twelve of them are cheating. 
or more. Yeah. And I'm just getting sweat, smoked, you oh, know? You might just suck. Um, that's probably too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can usually still, like, on Call of Duty, I can still, like, I'm usually always a positive KD. Um, I'm not great, but I can hang with good people. Yeah. And I'm I'm really good for a, a controller-based person. Because, like, if you're really good, like, and I don't mess with changing any fucking settings. No. Nah. I just jump in and play the fucking game. Like, if I went through and put my colors to right colors and did all that, and, like, I see thousands of TikTok videos on. Mm-hmm. Like, if I did all that, it would probably make my game better. But I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just there to have some fun. Like, if I was if I was a gamer, gamer, and I wanted to try to make money at it, I'd be on a PC, and I'd have all that shit. And each button would have its own function, so I could, you know, oh, yeah. little, you know I'd, I'd be set up to where... That happens. You'd have everything mapped out. Right. So those people have, like, like using the mouse is cheating, in my opinion. Like, because this right here, like, your thumb, you can't control as easy. Like, it's harder to put something in a certain uh, space Mm. than it is to, like, this. Use my whole hand, whole arm. Yeah. Where I just have to guide my thumb. Like, so controllers are harder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, it really is. I've never played it before. Because the mouse, you just... Think about it. Like, if you had to use a controller to push up on your computer, yeah, to guide it up to where it is, or if you could just like take this like mouse and mm, pinpoint it, yeah, it's just it makes aiming so much easier. And then there's no recoil on that. So wherever you left the mouse, that's where the that's where it goes straight back to. Uh, okay. Like after the recoil, it goes yeah. right back to where you're point where you're pointing at. Ah, uh, interesting. And you're doing this to fire. Instead of having to do right. this. And, right. And you're pulling like this. And like, so like when I let this go, if I don't keep that thumb exactly where it is, mm-hmm. that aiming Gun. sight starts to move, right? Yeah. But if the mouse, if I, and don't touch it, it's going to stay right where it is. Interesting. Because I'm not moving my thumb. Like my thumb's got to be in that same position, holding that stick towards that way. And then if it's holding that way, it's moving that way. Right? Like if I'm like looking slightly up, I can't just hold it right there. I got to stop. What I got to push it up and then stop. Because mm. if I keep holding it there, it's going to keep going. So when you are playing this game, you can play against people on a PC, Xbox, and PlayStation mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. They oh, just came out okay. with cr- cross platform like three years ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was the last Call of Duty. I mean, it's it's been something like decade at least. Everyone's been talking about why can't I play Madden with somebody that has a fucking Xbox? It's so dumb, right? You know, like it's the same game, same network, essentially. Just different server. Yeah. I got one last question before I let you go. Okay. What advice do you have for somebody that's trying to get into fitness? Into fitness, like... Uh, like, like just to be better, in better, better shape. shape? Yeah. Start with something that you can do, right? Like make make realistic goals. Don't be like, I'm going to lose all my... You know what I mean? Like you can have that as an end game. Um but you got to be able to start somewhere. And if you're fat and you've been on the couch for three, three to ten years, you know what I mean, and you're not used to working out, do like Raul. Start with a walk. Mm. You got to start off with the baby steps in order to make the big steps. You got to know how to do an arm bar before you can do a flying arm bar. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know, you got to crawl before you can walk. So I think making those realistic goals, like. And making them achievable, so that way, because I think people work better like when they see the results and have it mm-hmm. going forward. Like, don't expect so much 
expect a little bit less and yeah. just hope for the best. You know, I, I, that's what I would think. I'm not, I'm not a weight loss expert. I've been blessed, you know, with I can eat whatever I want and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drink whatever I want and not not get crazy. The most I've ever weighed was 235. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got I got a high metabolism. <laughs> now, do you see people like when they come into your gym and they start training and then they get more confidence in themselves? Absolutely. So would you say that you, I think people should try to, to do some type of martial arts? Yeah, yeah. I think everybody should know. I mean, I don't want bad people coming and learning yeah. how to fight, but. Maybe that might correct them. It might humble might, them. Might humble them, might teach them some stuff that they go use on people. That That's the only thing, you know, like, there's bad jujitsu people too, man. Yeah. They, there's pedophiles and that crap too. And, you know, and people that uses their abilities for things that they shouldn't. Um, so it's not, it's not completely, uh, it doesn't help everybody, unfortunately, because there's still, there's still those bad seeds, but you know, there's just, there's bad seeds in every crop. Yeah. There's things that don't grow right. And I wonder if like a lot of, how many times do you see guys that wanted to fight like at the club and then they can only last so longly? Like, everybody thinks they're a tough guy. Oh yeah. I've, I've, I've handed those people my cards before. <laughs> they thought they was gonna beat me up. I'm like, here, yeah. come see me at the gym for a real session. Oh, they tell God. me they was gonna whoop me or something. I'm like, here's my card. That's because I when I worked at the UFC gym, I actually had cards. <laughs> I don't have cards anymore. Do they still have those? No, UFC gyms, no, not here. They oh, still have okay. them, but the funding, you know, it's an expensive membership. Mm. Well, the one in Cordova closed first, mm -hmm. and then the one in G Town closed like um, like six months later or something, right? But like, I remember going to the one in Germantown. I mean, the one in Cordova. Like, I think I was giving some a fighter tickets or something like that. I was like, "Isn't nice?" Yeah, it's a nice then, gym, but it's you know, it was expensive as fuck because you're paying for the branding, right? Right. Right. It's. I think it was like three hundred grand a year for the for the rights. Wow. You know, but then they gave you like some some ads and stuff. You know, you got branding yeah. ads and stuff like yeah. that, and they promote it. But then you had to do like all your Facebook ads. Crazy. So where can everybody find you at, Jason? Um, at law school MMA, uh, it's down off of uh, park. I'd have to look up the address, but it's Googleable. Just look up law school MMA. Um, it's kind of close to the university. I teach classes there, uh, Tuesday and Thursday mornings at 1030. I do jujitsu and then I, we do MMA at night on uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. We have Saturday and Sunday. I don't usually work the weekends cause I'm usually at the club. So I'll skip mm. the weekends and Brian handles that, but I'm at class every every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday night, trying to help where I can, just spread what little bit of knowledge I know, what I've learned from it. Hopefully, some people don't have to catch the same lumps I did. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook. I got my Instagram. I remade a new Instagram account. I'm Cage Man 2.0 now, instead of Cage Man 21. Somebody stole my Cage Man account. Yeah, man. I sent him a message on Facebook. Is this, is this really you? Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. On Facebook, oh, yeah. yeah. The 2.0 one. Yeah, when yeah. you got me on that, it's like, yeah, this is me. Yeah, I, uh, I apparently hit it big in the Bitcoin industry underneath my oh, Cage Man 21 account. Damn. So there was a post about that after they stole my account, and then they haven't even used it since. So Wow. Sorry, Cage Man 21 followers. Move over <laughs> to Cage Man 2.0 where I post. Just and there's no way they can get it back for you? People have, I, 
I can get banned over a phone, you know, real quick. Yeah. Or lose my account. But if you send them and say that somebody has stolen my account and you send them your email and you send them everything and like, look, here's this, that you don't get no response. I see. They got to do better. It's like man. a fucking ghost town, man. Yeah. Like, you know, things that you don't need, like they're there Johnny on the spot to ban you for. Yeah. But then, you know, it's like getting something better. Like, Hey, this happened. Like just hear the crickets. This is how I know that their regulation is fucked because I had posted a video one time and it was some dough and it looked like an ass shaking. Oh and yeah. And they said it was nudity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it's fucking bread, man. Yeah. Calm the fuck down. It's the wrong kind of buns. <laughs> it's not even buns yet. It's got to be baked to be buns, bitch. Yeah. Oh man, I appreciate this, man. It's been fun. Man, I had a good time. I appreciate y'all having me up. One thing we were talking about it earlier, and I just I just remembered it again. Do you think the Wayfair thing was true? The what? The Wayfair with the children, like they were selling children. Like if you would, uh, I order, I you would order a dresser for like 120000 and a, a child showed up that you like. I believe something. it's very possible. You know, like people were ordering, that's what the whole pizza game Yeah, thing that's, I just remembered. People were ordering pizza and getting They're, kids. Get, yeah. I mean, I think there's got to be some truth to it. You're just going to make that up out of fucking thin air? Like that's pretty fucked up. I remember Alex Jones said one time that like fraternities They'll make you do like blow each other and they'll film it. So they'll have something on you. So I'm, you know, maybe I was never in a fraternity. Right? That's why I went to college for one year. I was like, I'm out with a good. Oh man. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, but now I, I, I don't even know if like you blowing a dick is that judgmental in <laughs> like the way that the gay movement has went. Yeah. yeah. Like when I grew up, it was, you know, they weren't supposed to do that stuff. Yeah. You know, it was bad, okay? But <laughs> especially the part of the world that I came from. You know, yeah. I come oh, from yeah. fucking Bible Belt and shit like that. So, like, and I went to church when I was a kid. You know, we went to actual, like, Christian and Baptist schools. So it was, um, you had to pray the gay away, okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and me, I you know, I don't fucking know, dude. If, it, if you're gay, you're gay. Like, I ain't sucking no dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just not for me, but you know, I'm kind of got that Louis CK kind of vibe about it. Have you ever seen that? Uh-uh. That comedy special? Uh, dude, it's funny. It was on Netflix for a while, but it's, it's, uh, it's one about like where you use words that you couldn't use. Like, mm. why is there words that you can't use? And yeah. It's like the N word and cunt. He really likes the word cunt. He's like, why can't I use the word cunt? Cunt's a beautiful word, you know, and all that. But then he was talking about like, you know, I got no problem with gay people. He's like, somebody's like, I had to suck a dick to survive. I'd be like, ah, you know, it's like, I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like, uh, looking at that thing, like, I don't find dicks attractive. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It'd be rough for me to stick that thing in my mouth. It doesn't look delicious. Yeah. I, you know, I've seen it. I've seen my dick a lot. Like, I don't know why girls put it in their mouth. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's hideous or anything, but I've seen other dicks in porn. Like, mine's not fucking crazy. <laughs> it's a mouthful. But, oh, man, but I don't understand like... why she'd want to put it in her mouth. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But then, you know, why do I want to put a vagina in my mouth? We do some weird things, man. Yeah, it's like... I mean, kids are out there eating ass, like, on the first night now. You know? On the first night? 
That's yeah. the thing, apparently. Like that's that's a and, man. Like a buddy of mine sent me something. He's like, I like to ask like ass smell. <laughs> like he's like, don't come with a clean ass, <laughs> dude. Stop. So you me want stuff. me? So you want me to come with shit on my? <laughs> you want some? Oh, right. I think the meme uh, uh, that you might be talking about was said like. I don't want your ass smelling like dove. I want it smelling stanky. Like, ass. I want it smelling like ass. Or yeah. something like that. Like, ugh. That is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, the only ass play I have is like right after the shower. <laughs> like, that would be the only time like I could even come close to like, okay, it's clean. It's been, it's been through the wash. Okay, yeah. now we can. And I don't, uh, you know. Oh, man. I don't know if I'm ready to talk about eating it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's been thanks, real. Thanks, bro. I, I had a good time. Thank y'all so much. Yeah, man. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye.